Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 242. It's week three of the 2016 NFL season, and I'm D-Rex. I'm in Michigan right now, and my boy Houdini's back in Chicago, so we're going to be recording this Pyro Podcast remotely, um, and we got Mr. Stag Parties out. He's actually doing something really cool tonight. He's down to the final four people in the Score Fantasy Football Expert Challenge. I guess it started out with something like 500 folks uh, tried out for it, and the final is tonight at a bar in Chicago. I spaced the name of it. Uh, no one's going to be able to hear. You're going to hear yeah. this afterwards anyway, so it doesn't matter. But it's exciting that uh, he's down to five people and he's going to be in front of a crowd and he doesn't really know what to expect. So we miss you, Stag Party. We're sending out our positive energy and wishing you the best. Houdini, what's up? I got to say, All right, let's get this sucker on the road. Nice, nice. Well, we are doing this show via Zencaster, kind of a cool little platform. Let's hope that all the audio and all the good stuff happens because we are about to drop knowledge like only the boys of Pyromaniac can do. And it is going to be full of fantasy football goo tonight. So this is show uh, 242, as I said. And uh, we won't have any audio clips or any music. We will have a little bit of uh, Val Verdane, And we'll have a lot of fantasy football um, going into your dome. So on these shows during the season, we follow NFL.com's schedule. So go to NFL.com if you want to follow us. Main navigation schedule hit regular games, regular season, and then it is week three. And we will start off with Thursday night's game, which is two nights away. That'll be on September the 22nd. And you've got the Houston Texans going out to Gillette and facing the 2-0 and Patriots. Both teams are 2-0. and uh, We usually start out each of these games with the away team first. So, Deanie, uh, let's... Uh, Let's let's talk. What are you expecting in this uh, Texans game out of uh, Brock Osweiler's boys? Well, you know, this is a very interesting matchup for him. So you're going up against a New England defense that really has not looked that good, even though they're 2-0. Uh, it's really been behind Garoppolo, and now it's going to be Brissett that you'll have on the other side there. But uh, what's interesting is that their defense has allowed – some success against them. So, you know, Carson Palmer had, uh, had some decent success in week one. Uh, Tannehill did all of his damage last week was, was in garbage time when they were trying to come back. So I'm not going to put as much stock into that. And Osweiler, you know, let's, let's look at what he's, what he really is. He's kind of like the, the newer, younger version of Orion Fitzpatrick. And it's kind of almost a similar situation of how they have the team set up there now with what, what's going on. So is Osweiler a guy that's going to give you the 300 yard passing games? No, you know, he's giving you 231 and 268 for his first two weeks. And you're going to expect him to be around that 250 range because the uh, the Texans really like to try to establish the running attack. And look at Lamar Miller. You talk about workhorse backs. He's gotten over 25 carries both of the first two weeks. So, you know, here's a guy that you're counting on to get the ball, and it's basically being a dual threat. So this is, this is just like a, a jet offense. It's really kind of interesting. So you got Lamar Miller, uh, who's, uh, who's in that role, and in the uh, Marshall and Decker role, it's DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. So 
I expect in this matchup that you're going to have Hopkins is going to have some success. You know, he like Fitzgerald did in week one against uh, the new England Patriots uh, terrorized them a bit. And I think that Hopkins should be able to do the same. And Will Fuller, we've seen back to back hundred yard performances out of this kid. So <laughs> with his speed, you know that he's getting uh, a, a, enough uh, separation that he's going to get chances. And he's now seen 18 targets in his first two games. Yeah, I mean that guy came out uh, lights, lights, uh, guns blaring. I guess is what those uh, those um, NRA lovers like to say. And that kid's ready to go. He's got the legit speed. They don't seem to be able to stop him. Um, and Osweiler's as he, he had a terrible deep ball in for the uh, the uh, Broncos last year, but it seems like everything's um, going in the right spot with him. Now you've got a little banged up brand Braylon uh, M- Miller, uh, Braylon Miller. What's his Braxton, name? Braxton Miller. Braxton. Sorry. I had a tough time with him. One of my faves. And he's a little banged up. So that just opens more opportunity for, for him. So we shall see. I, uh, I, another thing you got to know is from his time with Denver, and all of the coaching up that he's had from being with Peyton and being a Bronco, he knows the Patriots and he knows Belichick pretty well. So this is this guy. It's while it's a, a, a tough game, it definitely is something where he's got a lot of experience preparing for the Patriots. Yeah, you know the one thing I'll tell you for this matchup that I that I see is I, I feel like it's going to be a lot closer game because you're going to have Brissett in there most likely with Garoppolo uh, to miss this game. So with that in mind, and you know New England has actually done uh, their defense has been the best against running backs. You know they faced David Johnson in Week One and he managed uh, 89 yards on 16 carries last week. I, I can't put any stock in what Miami had. It was garbage. You didn't have Arian Foster. Jay Ajayi has proven that he's really nothing. So. So I expect Lamar Miller to still be a very active participant. This is one of those ones I, I think that they're not going to ask. Uh, they're going to try not to ask Brock to have to win the game for them. They're going to try to let the defense dictate things against the young quarterback and try to establish the running attack to keep them off the field and try to wear down that New England defense. And then you're still going to get your shots in there. So I think that, that the play action opens up. But I don't think that this is necessarily um, – a, a, an amazing day for for a Brock Osweiler, but I still think it's a solid start for both Hopkins and Fuller and Miller. Do you like um, uh, long term? Do you think uh, Miller's going to be able to hold up? Obviously, I, I mean, I think he's he's got to be one of the top running backs right now for fantasy ballers. But is he going to be able to hold up if he's this bell cow like they're 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 using him? You know, I, I really think that they need to get some other help in there at some point in time, you know, are you going to give him 25 carries a week, you know, over 16 weeks, you were talking, then we're getting close to the 400 carry mark. I don't think that that's something that is realistic. Um, so I, I do think that they're going to need to get some help in there for him in some, some way, shape or form. I don't yeah. know where that's going to come from though. Alpha yeah, blue. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. Um, you got anything else that you want to lay down on our domes from that game? Yeah, don't worry about any tight end for uh, Houston. They've done nothing so far this season. I think a total of uh, about 22 receiving yards in two games. Jeez, Louise. That, uh, that's, uh, that, that was the trouble. You know, when we were coming in in the preseason, we were like, who is 
it, we, we didn't even really know who, who their guy. You have Griffin, you had um, CJ Fedorowicz, who's more of a blocker. We, we were saying all preseason, where are these guys going to get their production at the tight end spot? So uh, something, to, something to consider. You look at a team like the Ravens, who've got uh, too many tight ends, and this team doesn't even have one. Crazy. Crazy. Let's go over to the Patriots side of the ball. Two and zero, surprising start. They um, just basically uh, handed it to uh, the Dolphins in that first half, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like they kind of let up the, on the gas. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, got injured, uh, hurt his, sh- sprained his AC joint, so we don't really know whether he's going to go. I think he probably would have gone if they were playing on Sunday because they they say he's still they just haven't ruled him out yet. He could still start on Thursday. So if he doesn't, it's Jacoby Brissett. This is a rookie. <laughs> uh, if anything happens to him, uh, our man Julian Edelman, who used to play quarterback at Kent State back in the day, that powerhouse of a of a program, and uh, Julian Edelman is the second on the depth chart. That would be crazy if something might happen to Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby, big body, 6'4", 200, kind of got some some serious size to him. He's an athlete. Came in and played serviceably, serviceably in the uh, when when Jimmy went down on Sunday. Uh, obviously, they are counting the the moments in the hourglass until Brady gets back. But if Julian Edelman goes down. They're like tight end, A.J. Derby, who's actually kind of banged up himself. He's the QB3. So it is certain to say that Goodell is licking his chops and couldn't be happier that this little uh, pandemonium is hitting Belichick and Kraft and, and the Patriots because that is exactly what he wanted and the league wanted by chasing down Brady after all these time. Brady will be back in I, week five. Like I, Go ahead. I was going to say, you said they're licking their chops. I was licking my chops. You're talking about Jacoby Brisket. Uh, I'm getting ready to have some brisket when, uh, you know, the high holidays come up here for the Jewish New Year. We always have brisket. Oh, brisette. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I thought every holiday was a high holiday with you. Well, that's 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 to be determined. <laughs> or, to, or to be expected. I don't know. Determined, expected, what exterminated, who knows. But one thing to think about with Brady, everyone on you talks like, oh, well, I got Brady coming back in uh, week five. That's awesome, but I'm a little concerned We with, with, with the talent around him. The team's already banged up. I think everyone's already talking like this is a Super Bowl team, which, you know, they are. They always are every year. But they got their bye week in week nine. So Brady essentially, in leagues where you start your playoffs in, in week, you know, 14 like you should – He's only going to play eight games for you this year. So hopefully you've got uh, five games worth of, of talent and aren't relying on him coming back. But we'll see what goes on because you subtract week 17 and you should be playing your playoffs in, in 15 and 16. Uh, running back situation. Garrett Blount had almost 30, 29 carries, 123 yards. He had a nine-yard TD. Uh, he's the man over there. People are excited that took him late. I know I did in one league. He's just the only running. He's the only rushing back they've gotten. In all honesty, once Lewis went down, Deion Lewis went down. Uh, they're not really white. Uh, is not really the same thing. So they're going to have to rely with a rookie quarterback in this game on the run game a lot. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Belichick just keeps doing what they do. But I could definitely see uh, Blunt getting a lot of opportunities uh, now. On the flip side. Well, let me ask you this. How yeah. do you think that that's going to match up with uh, this stout defensive front that the Texans are going to bring up? 
Well, I think they're a little bit more game ready, game allowable on the running than they are because uh, I think they just have such a great. I mean, they they're they have nine sacks so far this season in two games. They're on pace to crush their own franchise record. You've got unknowns that no one thought was going to be great, like a John Simon. He leads the team in sacks. Clowney's playing. Watt looked great last week. The AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Week 1, was Whitney Marcellus. Merciless, uh, this, Merciless. Come on, uh, that, that's merciless. one of the greatest names in football. Ming the Merciless. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's. you, you look at that team, they're, they've got an attack. They're sack, sack, sack. They're not letting up any points uh, at all, really. They, they're basically, uh, what, 13 points a game. That's trouble, some for this uh, Patriots D. So it's going to be a tough day, I think. In all honesty... I don't like the Patriots' offense in this. We don't know whether Gronk's coming back. They still haven't announced that. It's going to be, if he comes back, it's a little bit of a different deal, but still, look who's throwing the ball around. It's going to be it's gonna be pretty bleak for Martellus, who just came off a nice game. You know, Edelman had a nice game in the first half last week, but then it seemed like he disappeared. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared for uh, the Patriots. Yeah, you know, I think you have to be. I mean, you, you can say, okay, well, look, Brissett came in. He, he what was he six of nine for ninety-two yards uh, when he came in, but he was also sacked twice uh, at, after that point in time. You know, if Gronkowski, I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, you're sitting there, you're two and zero. Oh, you got this game at home. You can afford to, to take a loss right now when you have Tom Brady coming back, and especially the way that the teams in the division are playing. I mean, the only other team that you have to be concerned about for, from their standpoint in the division is the Jets. So, you know, I look at this as being a game that you lean on blunt. You know, who's going to do the damage at the wide receiver position? Well, like it was Amendola last week. Um, Hogan continues to get his consistent uh, targets, and Edelman. Yeah, so that's pretty much what he's going to be, right? You know, the problem is what happens for all the don't don't buy stock into these guys like long term, just because once Gronkowski comes back, once Brady comes back, then the offense is going to normalize. You're not going to be able to sustain an Amendola and a Chris Hogan and a Julian Edelman. And could you imagine? Can you believe that all three of these guys that are basically that you would think of being almost like the same type of position on the same team? Yeah, the only thing is Hogan is a, is a is a shockingly he's, got he's size. pretty big. He's a big dude. Yeah, uh, but they, they all are just these like kind of handsome white dudes. I think uh, Belichick uh, likes having uh, handsome white wide receivers on his team. I think team. he's trying to rebuild the Boston Celtics with handsome white people that from like the nineteen eighties. Because Bird and McHale and and Age and <laughs> Walton, these were not handsome men. <laughs> Yeah, and let's be honest, Denny, Je- Dennis Johnson might have been whiter than, than Larry Bird. Very well could have been. <laughs> definitely definitely more freckles. Well, Goskowski, last thing I got on this game, and then we'll move on to the next one. Goskowski missed a field goal. You know me, I was willing to go high on him in leagues. I drafted him, you know, I went. I took the first quarterback in almost every league I was in. He lost, that missed field goal lost me the week in one of my leagues. If he hits it, I win. If I if he misses it, so I lost by two points. What a nightmare! Uh, God damn you! But I'm still I'm still on your side, Goskowski. But that really sucked. Let's move on to the Cardinals are going to Buffalo to face the Bills. What are you thinking about the Cardinals? Well, I think the Cardinals are are uh, you want to go back to your thing, licking their chops for some Buffalo Bill sauce because the Bills just seem to me to be a team that's lost. I I, I just have to bring this up just because I was watching uh, one of the, like a pregame speech 
uh, by by Rex Ryan, and it just seems like he's talking, trying to like build people up, but it's like I don't know that he's actually connecting to his players. And the he the, the Bills are going to get the Cardinals this week and the Patriots next week. They can very easily go zero and four. <laughs> and the way that things look, I mean, you have to look at this matchup and go, okay, this should line up perfectly for what the the, the Cardinals want to do. Yeah, Matt Forte, who just ate them alive last week for three touchdowns on 30 attempts. David Johnson is a lot better than Matt Forte. So I expect him to be able to do his his damage in this game. And then you look at, okay, well, you have Larry Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd. John Brown is the guy that you got to be most concerned with here on the Arizona side. But just look at what the Bills gave up last week. I mean, they almost gave up 300-yard receivers to the Jets. He gave up 101 yards to Marshall, 126 to Decker, and 92 to Anunwa. So I look at this, and they got Fitzgerald, who's gotten 21 targets in his first two weeks. He's going to have a big day, a big day. He's already got three touchdowns on the year. That, that, that's going to continue. You know, the Michael Floyd uh, major resurgence that we saw at the end of last season has not really translated to, be, to the beginning of this year. He is getting targeted, but he's really not doing anything with his targets. Um, he's got a total of 13 targets and five catches. You know, Oof. that's just not getting it done. And then you look at John Brown. Well, he's just not even getting targeted. Five targets in two weeks. So, uh, so I, I like the chances. Like John Brown's a guy that I just not I, even with the matchup. I'm not playing John Brown. I have him in a couple of leagues. I'm not playing him until he shows me something, because you yeah. know I, I just can't deal with it. And I think you can easily start <laughs> Floyd and and Fitz, Fitzgerald for sure. Easily start Floyd. Um, you know, you're not going to be going for a, a Darren Fells in this one, but you know what? He might be one of those, if you needed a dart throw, uh, for, a, for a DFS play, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. It's, it's gone from the triplets down to, um, twins pretty, pretty, pretty quick in that, in that situation. One thing, uh, did you know that David Johnson's a triplet? Did oh, you know that he, he was, oh. He's got an older sister and a younger sister that are he's triplets with. That's awesome. My buddy Josh yeah, he, is a, a paternal triplet with two sisters as well. I didn't know that. Yep, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy story for all you listeners out there. Check out the David Johnson story. Um, great, great guy, and uh, he went through a serious situation where he had uh, no father and his mother was broke his whole life. So. I saw an interview with him, and he got all choked up talking about all, his, all these jobs that his mom had to take, and she used to work at you know, Long John Silver's, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, like you name it. She worked all these jobs, and they were basically starving. Every, every fast time. food place? <laughs> yeah, she, he said that. He's like, she worked at every fast food place. <laughs> uh, so rooting for that guy. He's, he hasn't gotten you – know, he's gotten off to a you – know, a, a, uh, he's he's a top twelve. I know he's a, he's one of the uh, few running backs that's been top twelve at the running back position both weeks so far. But he's not lighting it up like people would have thought. What but else you, you got well, uh, for this I'll, team? I'll, I'll just say this about David Johnson, though. I mean, look, yeah, he's not lighting it up per se, but he's still been extremely effective with his touches. You know, last week, you know, you can look at it and say, okay, well, he only had forty five yards on the ground, but he he's got three catches for ninety eight yards. Now the, the 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 void that you have is yeah he's got one touchdown so far on the season but that's through two weeks I mean if you're gonna you're gonna tell me this is a guy who's putting up what it's over a hundred and uh, over hundred and twenty three or four yards every week I'll take it yeah 
No, touchdowns will come. Better. Touchdowns still, will come. Yeah, he's doing a lot better than a lot of the guys that I have, so uh, no question about that. Uh, anything else from uh, you got for the, the the Cardinals here? Nah, start Carson Palmer, start Johnson, start Fitzgerald, start Floyd. Bench the rest. There you go. All right, let's move over to the Bills side of the ball here. Um, we're 20 minutes in, and we're not even done with our second game, so we will start speeding it up a little bit here. Uh, Tyrod Taylor finished fourth in uh, fantasy scoring uh, for QBs last week in standard, which is nice considering it was basically off of two plays. Uh, as you said, Rex Ryan uh, looks j- just clueless most of the time. I'll tell you the story about him in a minute. But uh, this week against the Cardinals, I think Tyrod Taylor's sort of a sit unless you really went high on him and he's all you got. Uh, Pyro at the moment via our P- Pyro Heat Index, we have him ranked 11th, which is um, not – Really sittable, but I think that's a little high, and I can see him moving around a little bit by the time the games start. So Rex Ryan, numb nuts, fired Greg Roman after two games. Basically, you heard the story. Basically, he did the team picture, and then after the team picture was shot, they fired him. Why not fire him before the team picture? Now what do they got to do? Like They got to like Photoshop out him in the picture, or do they not give a shit? I, like, I think I think they're thinking of like a Ace Ventura, you know, when they with the Ray Finkel. What about this picture? Well, Ray Finkel wasn't in that picture, you know. So it's like, you know, who's going to be that Finkel Ray and Finkel? Einhorn, Einhorn and Finkel, Finkel and Einhorn, Einhorn and Finkel, Finkel and Einhorn, Einhorn and Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, what one of my favorite movies of all time. That, I saw that in the theater my freshman year of. College, 1991. I saw that in the theaters three times. My friends were like, you've got a problem. You like Jim Carrey a little too much. I remember, oh, my God, I love that guy. One of the great stories when he was on Saturday Night Live there. That was just amazing. Anyway. Saturday Night Live. um, Oh, he uh, he was on Saturday. Yeah, hosting Saturday Night Live was one of the funniest things ever. And uh, it's it's kind of a story that I got to tell another time. I'm telling too many deep down stories. If my nephews hear this show as uh, listen to the show, they're like, God, Uncle D is a real nut. (laughs) Not that they don't already think that. But let's move on to this uh, Greg Roman. Basically, did you know he was the highest paid offensive coordinator when they cut him down? Uh, So I think money could have been at play with something. There was talk that at the end of last year that he was – um, you know, they didn't like each other last year. So Greg Roman, as a 49er fan, I, I, he wasn't getting it done. Uh, you got They hired a- Anthony Lynn, uh, basically the fifth offensive coordinator in Ryan's seventh season in two games as a head coach. You know, I've learned in, uh, in my life that when there's a continual issue and someone's always having at the center of the issues and someone's always pointing blame at somebody else, but it keeps on persistently reoccurring and reoccurring that maybe the problem is the person that keeps on sticking around and getting the issues. Rex Ryan, offensive nitwit, it's it's problematic. I think even even though Tyrod's had a, a good had a good game last week, they are, they're not getting enough offensive plays. They're not getting it done. Their, rush, their rushing team is looking terrible. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, I'm scared. Sammy Watkins is already hurt. I'm staying away from that guy. I'm not going to be around to watch him play hurt and, and be a tough guy, Anquan Bolden style. Sammy Watkins, in my opinion, as someone that has shares in him, he's already a full-on bust. I drafted him one league over Jordan Reed. Dumbass move. So and, not, and Reed hasn't even been that great, but Sammy Watkins, ugh, 
It's frustrating guy. So do you like Marquise Goodwin? I, I didn't see him in the pickups piece this week, but with that news, or you just think he's is a one plague? He's a, he's a gadget player. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, this is a guy who's got ridiculous speed. We remember him coming out. He's probably more well-known for being a, uh, a long jumper uh, than he is yeah. for for what he's done in the NFL. So he's done this before. Uh, I think it was two years ago, uh, first or second game of the year. He hit a long hit home run, and then everyone goes out and tries to grab this guy, and then you realize that he's giving you nothing. I mean, look at it this way. It's a Rex Ryan offense. The Bills are not going to throw the ball for more than about – Tyrod Taylor's lucky if he's throwing it for 240 yards, and then you're hoping he's doing the rest of the damage on the ground. So, you know, outside, if you take away the 80-yarder to, to Goodwin and the 79-yarder to Salas, it's like he didn't hardly have any yards. Yeah, I agree. If they're gonna. Oh, Bills will be zero three. I think the, the the hourglass is ticking down. Or Rex Ryan's gone, and if Rex Ryan's gone, his uh, brother's there too. It's it's a messy situation. I think they got they've got the fourth lowest amount of fantasy football points already. Two games in. Again, it's only two games. Hopefully, they can turn it around. But I'm not feeling it. Let's move on to the next game. Raiders at Titans. What do you got for us on the uh, Raiders side of the ball? Well, I've been a big fan of what the Raiders are doing this year. Um, I think that this is going to be probably not as good of a matchup as you would think it would have been heading into the year. Uh, when you look at Tennessee and, and you see what they've done in their first two weeks against Minnesota and uh, Detroit, I really thought Stanford was going to have a lot more success last week than he did. Uh, granted, he had uh, like two touchdowns called back on the same drive uh, <laughs> but because of penalties. But so Derek Carr has been has been phenomenal. He's been everything that you wanted him to be. He only gave you the one touchdown in week one, but he gave you you know three touchdowns and two hundred ninety nine passing yards last week. Um, it's solid. You, I, I just look at what. Tennessee does. I think that this becomes a more pedestrian game for Carr. I, I kind of see this as being one of those, uh, the guy who's really going to have the best advantage in this game I see is probably going to be an Amari Cooper. When you look at the, at the receivers each week that have played Tennessee, it was Stefan Diggs in week one. And it was Marvin Jones last week. So when I look at Crabtree and Cooper, I think that Cooper is more the guy that's going to fill that, that role, uh, especially when you consider that he is just the main target. He's gotten 20 targets uh, in the first two weeks. So I, I look for Cooper to be a strong play this week. Uh, Latavius Murray in the running game, I think this is one of those ones where you better temper your expectations and not expect too much. This is a defense that has done pretty damn good. They shut down AP in week one. Abdullah before getting hurt and, and Riddick really didn't do much on the ground. So Murray is one of those guys. And, and the problem with Murray is that he keeps seeding carries to both Jalen Richard and to DeAndre Washington. So, you know, in that situation too, I would tell, let me just kind of break down those two guys. Cause everybody was jumping on Jalen Richard uh, because of the 75 yard touchdown run. DeAndre Washington is still the better back to own there. He proved it again uh, in week two. He was the more effective runner, gaining seven uh, seven carries for 46 yards versus Richard six carries for 17. So I think that Washington will slowly kind of phase out Richard a little bit, but that timeshare with the three of them is hurting Latavius Murray. Uh, you know, he still gets some of the goal line carries, but you're not getting the top end big type games out of uh, Murray. And he's the one that's kind of doing the wrecking ball, uh, you know, wearing down the defense, which kind of sucks for him. So 
it's been effective the first two weeks, but he's a guy that I'd probably look to sell early if he continues on his streak, uh, just because I, I worry about some durability and just the fact that uh, he's not going to get as many touches. Uh, Crabtree, uh, he, has not, he made a great catch on the touchdown, but he hasn't looked great this year. Um, but he's been, he's been okay. I, I just think that this is not not a supreme matchup for him. So I think that Cooper is pretty much the only guy that I start with uh, a high degree of confidence. The other, well, and actually, I would also say I would start uh, Clive Walford with a high degree of confidence. The uh, Titans have struggled against the tight end. Um, when when you see it through through two weeks, uh, they are uh, who was it that lit them up this week? It was. Uh, Rudolph had four for 65 against them, and Ebron had 53 as well. Those are two average tight ends. I think that Walford has been able to show that he's got a lot more potential after what he gave you last week with his 50 yards and a touchdown on six catches. So I like him as a sneaky start this week. But, uh, again, Cooper's the only guy I start with a high amount of confidence, and I would start someone other than Carr if you have a better option on your bench. Yeah, nice. Well, let me go to the other side of the ball, and that's the Titans and – Wow, the Raiders are breaking uh, team records and uh, not not the kind that they want to be breaking. It's been a disgustingly terrible start to the season for the team that everyone thought was going to be crushing it for the AFC West. And their defense is, uh, they allowed 528 yards to the Falcons. And they in week one, they had allowed 500 yards as well. So it's the first time... Um, since, uh, what is it, 1967 for uh, a team to give up two 500 yards of offense in the first two games of a season. Not a good way to start it out. So they're they're basically a great team on your side of the ball, the Raiders, because they're going to be in shootouts. Maybe they'll pull it together. They've got some great talent on that defense, but right now they're not showing it. Um, you want to play all your Titans with news like this. DeMarco Murray had a, uh, you know, he had a, he had a nice run. He's busting off these runs. He was doing it in the preseason. He's doing it so far in the season, but he still only finished. Uh, it was a 67 yard run. He had, he got caught up. Uh, he's got that like kind of weird. He runs, he runs like he's sh- shit in his pants right before he grabbed the ball. Have you ever noticed that? Like he's kind of fa- he's kind of fast and he's good. I love Demarco. He's my boy. But when he's like breaks it out for these long runs, it's kind of like he's running, but he's like, oh, it's like I run when I'm holding in a shit that it's, uh, and I'm about to crap my pants, but I'm just about dry- just parked and I got to run into to the can. So you're, I'm hearkening back to my to my six year old self here. So. Doing the 50-yard dash to the bathroom door. Couldn't make it to it, so I did it on the floor. Diarrhea. There you go. And who said six-year-old? Nice work. Dude, <laughs> I've had two close calls in, in the last, like, three months. Literally, oh, I was I, talking about the diarrhea song. Oh, you know? okay, okay. So I pooped my pants in the last three years. Toast? <laughs> well, that's I not had, good. That's not yeah, good, man. No, I, and it was actually, it was about three seasons ago. It was actually after a day of drinking over at Diag. I went and I was walking home and I took and I beeline to go get, uh, I think maybe a six pack to have some more beers for the end of the night. And I was walking and all of a sudden it came up and I did the little holdy holdy walkie walkie <laughs> clenched butt kind of a, you know, situation did not make it. It was a close call, but diarrhea not on the floor. They were in the drawers, and uh, it was Trub City. I think, I but think, I fess up to it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an open book, full transparency <laughs> here, full disclosure. 
Uh, it was three years ago, and there have been a number of close calls since. I'm screwed by the time I'm 65 years old. I'm going to be shitting in my pants. I'm going to be a Depends wearer early in my uh, – Yeah, but, but then life. you could walk with confidence because who cares? Yeah, too. I'm going to just have Depends on. I'm going to be eating Extends. All the time. I, I think I think your new nickname is is a nickname that a guy that got uh, in my college Skidmark. Skidmarks, nice. Uh, sidebar story, and I'll quickly go to the other one. You say Skidmarks. One of our old buddies, we were down at Daytona watching. Um, we were down there for our senior year of high school. We went down for um, spring break, and we were watching this this uh, <laughs> this. Uh, Wet, wet t-shirt contest and we're like front row everyone's fired up we're so underage we're like 17 and looked like we were 13 firing it up like people they're pouring and my buddy yells and one girl turns around and she's like flaunting her butt and my buddy mo goes skid marks like yelled it so loud it's like over the music like everyone like looked down at us we're like we're like mo skid marks this, why would you possibly yell that? It was it was a it was a line that we literally used to this day at, at, on them. God, skid marks that that'll really turn them on. All of a sudden, everyone knew we were in high school. Anyway, <laughs> he's getting it done in receiving. Demarco, uh, he's got twelve catches through uh, two games, ninety-one yards, and two TDs. So um, he had a safety, which I think cost him a lot of opportunities in the game on Sunday. He's lost the fumble, so you know he he's having some ups, he's having some downs. It, all these are the reason why Derrick Henry's getting touches. He had 10 this week, and uh, DeMarco got 19. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm, I'm, I, I want to. I would love to see DeMarco in a full slate of games because I just feel like he's getting points. He's getting. He's doing things in fantasy. I just wish he could get more touches, and he'd be doing even more. So it is what it is. I understand why they're giving the rookie a shot. Um, the Raiders, out of all their defensive woes, have been okay against the run. They're terrible against the QB, wide receiver, and tight end situation. So we'll see what happens there. Tajay Sharp, number fire, has him ranked as the number 19 wide receiver this week. So they're high on him. And these guys are smart, analytic mofos. Uh, played, Tajay played every snap of offense for the Titans on Sunday, which is pretty impressive for a rookie. Obviously, he's a smart kid um, out of one of those East Coast smarty liberal arts schools. Uh, next highest wide receiver on it was Richard Matt, Richard Matthews. He had 36 snaps, so basically he's got getting twice as many snaps as any other wide receiver. He is the wide receiver one. That is great time. Uh, had seven targets this week. He's a must start this week. Worst wide, uh, defense against wide receivers so far this year. Delaney Walker, 30 yard TD against the Lions. You got to like and start him. Odds are you drafted him pretty high. So should be a good time um, against these Raiders defense. Delaney, you're starting him. Again, I think this is – you're starting You're starting basically the whole slate. If they're, if they're a, a, a guy that's getting touches on this Titans defense, you're starting him. Let's go over to the Redskins and the Giants, and um, we'll do our best. This is – when we're together, we can tell each other to hurry up, and we do this all the time. We don't have a <laughs> – we don't have video because we didn't want it to bother the audio quality. So this is getting long. We're at just finished three games, and it's uh, over a half an hour. So let's let's start powering through some of these games. Uh, go for it, buddy. What are the Redskins going to do this week uh, when they go to the Giants? 
Well, so this is one of those ones where you got Kirk Cousins, uh, who's under fire for just not performing real well. Um, he's given you one touchdown and three interceptions over two weeks. He has thrown for over 300 yards in each of his games. Uh, that is something that the Giants have not allowed a 300-yard passer. To, uh, last week, they held Drew Brees at 263 yards with only one touchdown. So this is one of those games, again, it's, it's a divisional matchup. These two teams know each other very well. Um, I, I just don't see a lot of confidence right now in Kirk Cousins. And this now he's going to be on the road in Dallas. I just it, – it's not a, a, a situation where I think right now, especially the way that Dallas is – kind of got their stuff together a bit here that I would feel that comfortable with Kirk. But again, you know, it's one of those ones where he may not look pretty, but he can give you on the football field and the result for the team, but he could actually give you a decent fantasy production. If he could just, I mean, I don't know how many long passes did he miss in that game. It was at least two or three. He's been missing throws like nobody's business. I mean, how do you, how do you throw that interception in the red zone? Yeah, there's just been a number of opportunities. I I think he's going to pull it together. I just wish Gruden, Gruden already throwing his team under the bus. Like this, just when you've got that 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 franchise just got this like cattiness kind of. Um, I don't know. I just don't like the way they're running everything. Gruden in that post game interview is basically like, oh, it's not all on Cousins, but it it is should it Cousins has got to do better, and it's kind of like just. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be gone. He, yeah. he doesn't seem like he, he's the leveling kind of force. You look at a Zimmer, um, AP goes down. He's just like just a steady, calming force. Like, we don't know what's going on. We'll see. So next guy stands up. Next guy steps up. But, Let's do it. Here, and here, 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 you need here. that kind of person leading an NFL franchise, you a do. leader of men. You do, but it's also a difference here. Look, you're comparing Zimmer and Gruden. Those are two completely different guys. Zimmer's a defensive guy. So he loses a guy on the offensive side of the ball. That's usually not going to be something that's going to make him squawk, right? His playmakers are on defense. You look at Minnesota, they are stacked on defense. They are doing it that way. Jay, Jay Gruden's an offensive – he was the offensive coordinator guy. Comes in here as an offensive guy. He wants to throw Kirk Cousins under the bus. Well, what do you have there surrounding him? You got Matt Jones, who's been underperforming. You got Deshaun Jackson, uh, who's – not a bona fide number one. You got another small guy in Jamison Crowder. You got an aging Pierre Garcon. You got a young Josh Doxson who's just trying to get his feet under him. And you got Jordan Reed who's, who's fantastic but also injury prone. So you don't really have a whole bunch of real difference makers on this team. Matt Jones needs to take that next step. He has yet to do it so far this season. You know, And Jay Gruden is not giving him as many opportunities. The dude's got 20 carries in two weeks. Give Matt Jones the ball for crying out loud if you want to see what he's going to do. So, you know, but it's also been part and parcel to that they've been falling out of games quickly. So, uh, you know. It, Matt Jones did okay this week. I sat him um, in a league, and he had a touchdown. He didn't – he's not yeah, but blowing it, it, anyone away on, on his yards per carry or on the ground. But I agree with you. Give this guy a few more touches and, and, and help ease the pain. They've got so much weaponry at, at the receiver spot that it's almost – it, 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 they're kind of in a spot where they have to sit there and they have to use it, but that's just not the way an, an effective offense can be run. You got to balance. You got to offset the run, the pass with the run, and vice versa. And they just feel like they're so top heavy in the passing game that, and they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now you think about it, and Doxon's actually getting snaps. Think about all these playmakers. I'm seeing Niles in there all the time. You're getting, seeing Vernon Davis. I mean, when those guys, when those three guys are making plays, and uh, essentially, I think your second best wide receiver at this part is your wide receiver four and Crowder. 
Yeah, let me make a point. Let me make a point about that because that's what's interesting when you look at these wide receivers. You got, um, and they're all. The thing is, too, you don't have that dominant guy because they're all getting targeted about the same amount. But Jamison Crowder leads the team in targets after two weeks with eighteen targets. So I believe it. You know, and this is a situation in a game where he could actually kind of have some success. Cole Beasley uh, did well against them in Week One with eight catches for sixty-five yards. Um, yeah, Brandon Cooks was the the leading guy for the Saints last week as far as yardage was seven for sixty eight. So again, working out of the slot, that's where Crowder's going to be. Um, so he's going to match up, uh, you know, with with a safety or with a linebacker depending on the situation. So I think that he could take advantage of that. And cool. Jordan Reed is a must play in this one too. I know that you know uh, Witten had a good strong game against him. Fleener, I don't know what's going on with that guy. He couldn't get uh, he got targeted eight times, only had two catches last week, but. Uh, against the Giants, but look for the Giants to be able to give Jordan Reed some opportunities for some big plays this week. I'm sounding like dog in this one, but Fleener's giving me Flanus through two weeks. I, I, I know me and you both were, were high on him, and I, I passed up in some situations, and we're like, oh, I'm going to be able to get Fleener later, and turn it around, buddy. Turn it around. So we'll see. Uh, you got anything else for these uh, Redskins? I'm done with the Redskins. I'm done. Move on. All right. Um, I'm going to go to the Giants side. Everyone thought Eli was going to uh, light it up in that, that Saints game. Everyone thought that it was going to be a record breaker like their their one last year where they went like com- combined over 100 points. That did not happen. Eli did have 368 yards, but he had threw for no TDs. That's pretty shocking. Um, you know, basically the Redskins are given 20 points uh, per game to – um, two uh, quarterbacks and the Saints are um, the Saints are basically uh, only giving uh, they only gave fifteen point three. So if you got you got to be thinking that this could be a good game for Eli. Uh, they're ready. This is going to be that shootout that maybe everyone thought the last week's game was going to be. The TD machine, ODB Jr., has no TDs through two games. That's surprising. Huge matchup this week against Josh Norman. You're going to start him. Hopefully he doesn't lose his head like he did last year when he played against them. But uh, we'll, we'll see what goes on. OD is uh, definitely um, not lighting it up so far this year. Rashad Jennings has a hurt thumb, and who knows what's going to um, – what's going to happen with that, but it looks like he's walking around in a cast and now, but they think that he's going to play. So Vereen's vulturing and getting goal line carries. I do not like this backfield at all. I thought Jennings was going to just be a, a, a running back one, almost just by volume default. That's not necessarily happening. The, the, the shining moment on this offense is Sterling Shepard. He is a wide receiver three, moving his way into wide receiver two territory. He had a TD in week one, uh, his first game as a pro scoring. And then last week he had 100 yards. This guy just looks like uh, what, what Dave T said. He's a great route runner. He's got the body. He's hungry. He's got the probably the best wide receiver in the game to keep everyone's attention. And th- he's kind of the perfect offset complimentary wide receiver. He is a stud, and you basically at this point can't be sitting him. Um, hope if you got a flex, he's a wonderful one. He's a great wide receiver three. And like I said, if he has a big game in this one or even a good game, he's moving himself into wide. 
wide receiver two zone. I love him. I'm wishing him the best. So uh, that's all I got for the Giants. Let's see. It should be nice seeing um, Nom, Nom in the Bates Motel and ODB. Uh, there was literally rule league rules created because of that game that they played last uh, fall. So, uh, are, so are, let, are, are, are you saying that there's not going to be a black bat out for this one? Yeah, right. Yeah, or the I don't know what's going to get. I hope so. I hope that I basically hope that um, that Bob uh, uh, Bob not Bob Matt, Ben McAdoo uh, has has basically lines up ODB on the right side every play. Doesn't move him once. He just says, you know what? Let's show them what they want. Let's show them what they paid to come, paid to see for. Uh, they're not going to do that. They're going to move ODB around a lot. And we've seen what's happened on the other side. Um, I'm spacing his name, Westwood, or what, whatever that defense. Brentwood, I'm spacing his name, Brittlewood. Uh, the Bren, other uh, de- uh, Bren, uh, 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 Brenlin? Brenlin? It's, it's something like that. Brayland? Uh, something like that. That guy, poor dude, is just like. Nobody's nobody's more upset that um, Josh Norman came over and but, but signed it's with not, that it's, team. It's not even a one side though. Norman is actually like he's moving around like 38 percent of the time. So he's not like just, yeah, he's not Shermanizing and just sitting on one side of the field. But the problem is, is that they're going to go after Braylon when <laughs> whoever Norman's on, I'm going to go after Braylon. He's so pissed. He's like through two games. He's like, God damn it. So bummed out. Now everyone brings it to me every game. But you know what? He's great in IDP leagues. You want that defensive back that's getting thrown at all the time, gets opportunities for tackles, for pass defenses, and everything else. Absolutely. Good point. I mean, look at that guy that was getting picked on in that Viking game, right? Waynes uh, by Rodgers throughout the entire game. And then the last play of the game, after all, fantasy-wise, he was probably one of the top (laughs) defensive backs, and then he gets the interception. So (laughs) sometimes it's good to be picked on. You are no, there's no doubt about it. That was great. That was redemption for him. And, uh, you know, when I'm thinking about Olivia Munns, I want nothing more. And as a Bear fan, I want nothing more than Aaron Rodgers uh, to have some cake in his face. And shit in his pants. And shit in his pants. Well, I hope I hope that everyone's shitting in their pants, and I'm not the only one. Uh, God, I got to shut my big mouth sometimes. Thank God I, I, I work for myself. Well, speaking of shit in the pants, I got to talk about the Cleveland Browns next because I think we're done with that game. Are we done with that game? Move on. All right, moving on. So we got the Cleveland Browns are traveling to face uh, the Miami Dolphins this week. So, um, and it's another week. So the Browns decided they need to have another quarterback. So (laughs) Josh McCown is now out. So you've gone through RG3, Josh McCown. We're going to have Cody Kessler is going to be the quarterback this week. So what does that mean? Uh, I think that that's going to mean that you're going to see kind of a similar game plan that uh, the, the Patriots attacked the, uh, the, the Dolphins with last week, which was a lot of LeGarrette Blunt. Um, we'll see if Kessler can, can be as miraculous as Jimmy Garoppolo and, uh, and Brissett were, uh, who combined for 326 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions against this Miami defense. Um, but I expect you to see more of let's rely on Crowell. He's, he's now, he gave you a big week last week uh, with 133 rushing yards. He's now given you a touchdown in each of the first two weeks. Um, 
I the the, the guy that you got to worry about is is with what's going to happen with Corey Coleman now because it was like wow you got to see this amazing flash is Kessler going to be able to uh, to be able to hit those long long plays and to hit the hit uh, Corey Coleman on, on the on the big opportunities Coleman who had five catches for 104 yards last week um, the guy who's falling out of favor and again it's hard to say how everything's going to go when you got a, a, a third different quarterback coming in but Terrell Pryor now has been targeted 17 times in two weeks by two different quarterbacks seven by RG3 and 10 times last week by McCown he's collected a total of six receptions on those 17 targets so that's not been fun times and finally we got Gary Barnage who you know did nothing in, the, in his first week with RG three? He got, gave you four for thirty seven last week with McCown. We'll see. This may be the guy who actually gets the nice bounce up, uh, simply just because of the fact that uh, uh, Kessler is that younger quarterback. It's going to be an easier read to throw to, to Gary Barnage. That's really what they did last week for Brissett too. Where almost all of his passes were going to Martellus Bennett, who ended up with one hundred and uh, was it one hundred and fourteen yards and a score against Miami. So. Sneaky play there, I say. The solid play, you're going to have Isaiah Crowell. I'd say sneaky play, get Gary Barnage back in your lineup and expect a better game out of him. Uh, and then I, I, Corey Coleman, I think it comes with question marks just because of the, the of the quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's sad for – I'm a Corey Coleman owner. I know a lot of people that have asked second opinions this week, and they're they're basically like, what, what do I – what am I going to expect uh, moving forward? Now, it was the perfect – situation with McCown in there he's a guy that can make fantasy of good players and good talents and he'll feed you the ball did you watch that interview with him where he's like really emotional and basically they're talking about he basically was like well why'd you go back in you know now that he's going to be out for a while he went back in the game like why'd you go back in he's like you know I got a dad and I got a I got a brother that you know they they don't want to go to work some days and they're not they're not feeling good and they get up and they go to work and it was just like, God, man, that was just like the, the, what a, what are the teammates just must be basically was like my time's running out. I don't want to lose my time. I want to get my snaps. He's like, I want to play for my teammates. I want to play with these guys. And it's just like emotional, but just what a, what a, what a great, what a great story. What a great guy. And, and just watching that video, it's just like, could you imagine just in general, not even just football, football's not the only sport with divas, not only sports, just in life, that everyone would just buck it up, get 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 off their ass, work their work their butt off, and just get shit done. You know, everyone's such, such pussies. I don't want to say it in the way that Clint Eastwood does, because he's basically saying, hey, I like white racism. But it, it, everyone is so Pussed out, and I, I was talking about with Mo. Um, I did the Pyro Podcast Light with him on Friday. Give it a give it a listen, even though it was basically it was geared for week two. But just the sensationalism in the world with social media, with all the media out there, how much people watch TV, instant access to everything, and reality TV. Human beings, we're such pansies these days. It's just like I love. I, I, sorry for the tangent. I got a little got, got a little bit of a, a diatribe there, but loved seeing the the McCown interview. I wish there were more more out there like him. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, it's uh, you just you know what though. But all those putzes out there, they just. Uh, Get, they, they add fuel to the fire, and why you got to be that much? Uh, that's why competitive people win in this world. It's like you're gonna yep. be better than that jackass. 
True. Anything else uh, you got for the Browns? I'm done with the Browns. I'm done. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move over to the Miami Dolphins then and talk about that side. We're down in Miami for this game. Uh, you saw some garbage time fantasy points going nuts last week for Tannehill uh, against the um, against the New England Patriots. So that's a good time. Uh, Tannehill's running the ball. Uh, that's pretty good. He toughed it out. He got some garbage points, but he was able to uh, pull it together. He had, oh, oh, I think it's probably his highest passing game ever. I think it was like 368 or th- high threes. Uh, 389. 389. Um, as Daisy walks around and makes loud noises. I'm sorry to my listeners. It was good <laughs> while she was sleeping. Um so it sounds like bed. it sounds like she's doing like like a. So it sounds like she was going back and forth on one of those practice like speed skating little mats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she <laughs> she is. I think she is actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually uh, probably um, I'm gonna let her keep doing it, but she's gonna start banging on stuff. So give me one second. Uh, Adrian, Arian Foster has a groin injury. Uh, he still might play this game. I hope they sit him. Uh, Jarvis Landry machine. Twenty three targets. Uh, through two games for him, you always got to start him. He had ten catches last week, um, and then you've got thirteen uh, targets in garbage time for Devonta Parker. He got a hundred yards. So a guy that was getting cold heading up to drafts. Week two, it shined out. It's the first rounder last year. This guy's got the talent. So um, check out what what you think can happen there. And then you got Kenyon Drake, third rounder from Alabama. He got a rushing TD and a passing TD. So right now he's got a, a TD from rushing and from receiving on two rushes and two carries in his NFL career. I'm intrigued by that guy. Yeah, let me let, me, a, let me jump in real quick here with this Kenyon Drake because I think he's the guy that you want to own right now in this backfield. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't sign Arian Foster because they, they signed him because they didn't like what they had in JHI. So now you're going to get – and they drafted Kenyon Drake and they got Arian Foster because they said, you know what, Ajay just hasn't proven it to us. And Ajay, it just – He's not been good, and then he and he fumbles the ball. Drake is the guy who's going to continue to start to see more and more touches in this offense as it goes forward. So I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you there that uh, uh, Drake is the guy that's the intriguing intriguing guy. And I have a feeling that Foster probably misses at least this week, if not another one. So if that's the case, then I think that uh, Drake becomes bigger and bigger as the season moves on. Drake, he's everywhere. I uh, I threw Daisy in a, I gave her some water and I threw her in a room. Uh, later. <laughs> so hot. It's hot. Basically, as we said on the podcast before, we got to turn our AC off. No fans or anything. And man, where I'm at right now, it's super hot. So she's got to be a hot girl. Poor one. But we'll move on. Let's go. Um, let's head on. Yeah, I like the Drake situation a lot. I, I've got the waiver wire tonight, and I'm intrigued by him because we know it's going to happen with Foster. It's going to continue. This is going to be a garbage time situation. This team's going to be playing from behind. They're they're going to be winging it around. Might not be pretty in the in the box score, their final um, standings, but it's going to be uh, pretty. It's going to be fruitful for fantasy owners. Yeah, uh, I would tell you this though too. A guy who um, had a, had a decent week last week for Miami, Jordan Cameron. I, I, I'm not buying it. You know, the, the guy shows up once in 17 weeks or whatever it is uh, every time, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to put stock into that game. It was garbage time. Um, you know, he's, he had potential three years ago 
and we're still trying to play on that. So I, I would just say uh, I put him in my waiver wire pickups last week, but I, I warned against him. Yeah, I'll never feel bad for that guy. His wife's so hot. Um, let's go. Are you? You want to go on to that next game and uh, Ravens at the Jaguars? Let's roll it. Okay. All right. So I guess I got the Ravens. Um, this is a, a situation. You got Joe Flacco. Um, I, you know, he's got a good matchup. The <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars have actually given up twenty three point six points per game uh, to quarterbacks over the first two weeks, which ranks them twenty eighth in the league. So you would think that Flacco is going to have a good opportunity. Flacco's coming off of a three hundred yard passing game with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, the crazy thing is this: if I were to tell you that through through, through two weeks. Joe Flacco has got three touchdowns. You'd say, okay, that's fine. But I would tell you that all of those touchdowns are caught by one receiver. Which receiver on Baltimore would, would you think would have been the guy with three touchdowns through two weeks? To be honest, I would think it's Mike Wallace just because that guy's a touchdown machine. I did a tweet the other day. He's got, you know, he only, he was drafted one year before Antonio Brown. He's got like 13, 10 now after that game, like 13 more touchdowns in his career than Antonio Brown. Seriously? Yes. Antonio Brown's got like 40. He's got 53. I think that number even bumped that. That was before last week's game. I'm going to tell you the stats. This guy, he's not that old. Mike Wallace, I wasn't high on him in the offseason, but looking deeper at his stats, he actually hasn't had a bad, bad that bad of a career. He did terrible last year or whatever in Minnesota. His first year in Miami at a thousand yards and twelve TDs. He's he's a TD machine, dude. He just had he just fifty two touchdowns in his career. And and, and I th- I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown's only got forty. I'm looking it up right now. Hang on, tell yeah, you. check it out. I'll give I'll give some filler on it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was weird. I was looking at that and I t- did a tweet and I showed the stats for both people. I'm like, you know what? As much shit as Mike Wallace gets, forty touchdowns for Antonio. Wow! Isn't that, isn't that hard to believe? Look at the look at the the yards he's got him, and he's got him. But it's it's a lot closer than what you would think. Mike Wallace is is is, is, is he's been I consistent. Think, he's, he's he's only had two uh, double digit touchdown seasons, but um, yeah, the thing is that he hasn't given you a thousand yard season since two thousand eleven. You know, and he's the reason why we give him shit is because he's been the most overpaid player. In the league, he's a known diva, all this kind of stuff. And people love Antonio Brown so much because of the way he is that he's been a, he's been a target. So, yeah, no, I, it, it was, I was surprised by it. But I, I think that that'll keep up. And now I'm feeling like an idiot for not – because he went he – went, oh, well, he was in the teens. You were getting my boss. Yeah, and he's the guy that I had like since his rookie year in my one of my leagues, and I let him go this year because it was like the end of a contract. I'm like, ah, that's fine. Then all of a sudden, of course, he's going to go off. See, I would have thought it would have been Steve Smith if you would ask me, you know, beforehand, just the way that Steve Smith always starts off. Uh, Smith is still getting his feet underneath him. So this is a situation, though, against Jacksonville that he might actually finally be able to bust it. Um, I'm not really liking, uh, even even though the Jaguars uh, have been uh, abused by quarterbacks and wide receivers, they are 29th against wide receivers, allowing 32 fantasy points a game. So I think Wallace has a great chance to have it continue this week. Steve Smith should get it going. Don't look for either of these running backs to help you out that much. Jacksonville has been good against the running backs. Um, they're only allowing, uh, what is it, uh, 
15.8 points a game, uh, which is 12th in the league. And you have a timeshare going on. You have Forsett and Terrence West, who are basically sharing equal loads, which means that each of them are giving you less than 50 yards rushing, and they're not really doing any damage as receivers. So I would say that's one to stay away from. The shining return is about Dennis Pitta. Nine catches, 102 yards last week on 12 targets. Look for that to continue. He should be heavily targeted again. Flacco likes what he has there. They are like best buds. So I like for that to continue. And as you said with the Mike Wallace thing, Flacco has one of the best deep ball arms in the league. So Wallace has always been able to get by defenders, but he hasn't had anyone to throw him consistently. That's why he's also going to have that benefit of some nice big games for you again this year. Uh, this could be one of them as well. Cool. I'll jump over to the Jaguar side. Wow, that was a that was a rough one. Uh, you got Bortles who was able to go over 300 yards, but they got flat out blown out by a depleted Chargers team. Um, you know, I think their backs are against the wall in this Ravens game. I think that they're going to come out guns banging and I, I'm ready to fire it up. That should help fantasy owners, but we'll see. This team might just be overhyped, and kind of what I had mentioned a few times in during the offseason leading up, and also I said the same thing a little bit, maybe probably more about the Raiders, is maybe they're just too young. They got to take their, their lumps before they really can be a great team on, an, on a date, on a every Sunday basis, any given Sunday basis. And right now, they're, uh, they're not getting it done. So Ivory, that situation's been tough. They they gave a ton of money to bring him in, and uh, it's been one of those kind of weird, almost it's almost felt like Macklin esque. Like what what's why was he in the hospital? No one's really saying what's going on there. Yeldon not taking advantage of that situation at all. He had eight receptions for ten yards in that San Diego game. Uh, that's that is I don't I think you, you'd have to look in the record books to see if there's um, ever been a, a, a shorter yard per catch on over five catches in a game. Uh, no, uh, and he's not better on the ground. So he only he went seven for 28. Uh, Gus Bradley, his job might be on the line if they don't get it. I think they'll respond with their back against the wall and, and have an outing here. I hope so. Allen Robinson and, um, you know, Hearns are, are, those guys are stagnant right now. I'm nervous for them a little bit. Allen Robinson, who is a first rounder, essentially, maybe early second rounder. He's got like 13 fantasy points so far this season. Yeah. No TDs. Uh, you know, he's got 20 targets, but he's only got nine catches. And 15 of those came in week one. So you, you, you think about that where uh, it's not a good time. Last week he had uh, th- three for 45. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what that's good, what that's going to bring. The, the Ravens are, uh, are okay uh, against uh, wide receivers. So who knows what to think? I, I think this is a game. I'm nervous for a, uh, a Rob and, I hope I hope we can see it get done. You know, I really do because I've got shares of them, and I know a lot of people out there are counting on this being a quite a prolific fantasy offense, one of those quote unquote power and numbers teams. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not been that way so far. But the thing is, too, you really would think at this point, but we also haven't seen Chris Ivory, right? So um, TJ Yeldon is just not the answer, and I think that's why they brought in Chris Ivory and. Unfortunately, what's surprising is that you're not getting the production where without the running game, which is what they had last year, which is where you got all those all those points came in the fourth quarter. You got those great garbage yard points, and they're just not happening right now. Totally. 
Well, let's move on to the next game. Uh, we got the Detroit Lions going into Lambeau to play an inner uh, division game against the Packers. What do you got for our Lions? Well, They're not our, our, our Lions. Lions our I'm Lions. in Michigan. I'm in Michigan. I'm sorry. Your I, Lions. I, I've never, I've never said that in my life. It's just like osmosis. It came out. I'm Os- the, the Michigan. Osmosis in Michigan because Mo is Michigan. from Michigan. And he's the big Detroit guy. True. So, all right, Mo. Let me tell you what's going on. So, uh, the the Lions and, and Packers traditionally play very close games, and honestly, for the Detroit side of the ball it's usually not filled with fantastic fantasy numbers. So um, last year, when you're looking at Stafford, uh, he threw for 220 and he threw for 242 yards in his two games against them Threw two touchdowns in both games and threw one touchdown in their first meeting. And uh, I'm sorry, one interception in their first meeting and no interceptions in their second. You got Stafford is coming off of a tough matchup uh, as it turned out against Tennessee, Uh, where it looked like it was going to be a good one on paper. He finishes with 260 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He did have at least two other touchdowns that were called back on the same drive, one to Anquan Bolden. I can't remember who caught the other one. Uh, But this is the Achilles heel, and this is what really is going to hurt the Detroit and hurt Stafford, is that his offensive line makes stupid penalties all the time that take away big plays. And you just can't have that, you know. It's 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 one thing to have a penalty here or there, but when you're con- continually just taking yourself out of drives, and that's what they do, they shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, because last week Stafford easily should have had 340 to 350 yards passing, but thanks to thanks to penalties, it all comes crashing down. So when I look at it for this week and against Green Bay, Green Bay's defense has been playing pretty good, not great, you know, kind of middle of the road, but they, the, you know, getting it done, not letting anybody burn them big. Um, I don't expect to see that from Stafford to, to be able to, to burn them big. You're, you know, you're going to have to rely on, you got Marvin Jones and him who finally got on the same page last week. Marvin Jones had himself uh, one hell of a day, uh, you know, finally getting uh, into the, into the act there, catching uh, 11 of eight targets for 118 yards. Um, and you got Bolden. So you have you Bolden, Tate, Jones. It's a solid core. Now, what's interesting is that Tate and and uh, Stafford just did not connect last week. Nine targets, only two catches for thirteen yards for Tate. So when you when you're looking at this matchup, it's it's going to be you know you're going to assume that Tate's going to get the number one matchup. So Jones has a chance to be a real sneaky play again. Um, and the other guy that, that is interesting and intriguing now is because of the injury to Amir Abdullah um, is, is Theo Riddick. And Riddick was the guy who basically got all of the touches once Abdullah went down. He ended up with 11 carries for 37 yards, which that was surprising to see that they were willing to give him the ball that much as a runner. Uh, and then he had four, five, uh, four catches on five targets for 28 yards. I, I just... You know, this is one of those games where, again, it's it's the fact that you're interdivisional, um, the familiarity between these two teams, the fact that this game is in Green Bay. I'm really not, not feeling that strongly about anybody. I think that you might get a, a decent value play out of Jones, and I think uh, just because of the amount of touches that he's going to get, Riddick becomes a good play this week as well. And I'll, good, okay, uh, I'll, A good guy to keep your eye on if you weren't going there is Dwayne Washington. 
rookie rookie running back Dwayne Washington with Amir a little banged up and like you said um he, he this is a guy that actually had a his uh, came out and played pretty good so Dwayne Washington someone to keep your eye on and, and I, I read today that they're actually um <clears throat> they're working out uh who's the guy that always got oh, I'm going to space his name who's the guy that they just dumped and they kept oh Jack Keel uh, J- J- Bell, uh, Joint Bell, Jaquil, Joint Bell, Jaquil, there, Jaquil, Jaquil. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm awesome today. The Jaquil uh, goes round and round. <laughs> they worked him out today, so that guy might be back in the league. The, the Lions just—it's an endless—it's an endless opportunity for him. So, but uh, Lions rookie Dwayne Washington, uh, Dwayne, Wa- keep an eye on that guy. Barely made the roster, um, but when they released Ridley, uh, they did it because of that guy. All right. I got nothing else on the Packers. Eric Ebron could be a decent play in this game, but, uh, uh, you know, nothing nothing spectacular to be expected. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's move over to the Packers then. I'll start with I won't give I won't lay on more hatred for uh Aaron Rodgers. I'll start off with a guy that right now is is what I thought he was going to be and that's um Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is sitting here um and he stinks and it doesn't look like he's been a disappointment. It doesn't look like he's going to get too many opportunities. He looks like he's going to essentially Right now, Derrick Henry gets as many opportunities as him. He's a he's a you know ten to fifteen touch per game kind of guy, and I, I just don't necessarily I don't think he's going to turn it around. People kind of thought he was going to bounce back. Eddie Lacy, I'm calling him a bust. I just don't see how it's going to uh, come back around. One of the uh, highlights, I think that um, that we thought was going to be a part of uh, the situation this year is. Jordy Nelson coming back. That hasn't come to fruition yet. Uh, you got to remember, this is a 31 year old. He's coming off of major knee surgery. They, they don't, Aaron Rodgers is doing his uh, best relax or whatever he did a few years ago, and they went on to go to make the playoffs. You know, only two games, we're finding our way, you know, Mr. Smooth Pants. But everyone should be worried. Uh, right now, Blaine Gabbert's got better numbers than Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers looked uh, mediocre at best. Devontae Adams almost looks like their best receiver. Not good. Uh, (laughs) Not not good. Not good. Randall Cobb obviously been slowed down uh, by what what looks to me to to me be um, muscle and weight gain. He just does. When he was a little younger, he looked a little more fleet. He's just kind of. He's not like a skinny, speedy guy. So I think he tried to go the Anquan Bolden way uh, with his middle across the middle routes. He's just not that player. So it seems like there's a lot of more bodies in the middle because because uh, the 31 year old Nelson he he's not able to get it. He doesn't have that burst. They're not the safety isn't going over the top. They're not scared of what. Uh, Jordy Nelson can bring to the table anymore. I think that can change. I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those panic button guys uh, for two games in. But it's it's not looking good all around. If when Rogers is looking like a mediocre player, the running game's got nothing happening whatsoever, and you've got three wide receivers that all look like they're uh, slow and old. Trub City for them. Now in this matchup against the Lions, you've got some good things. For Rodgers, the Lions right now are giving up 25 points uh, per game to quarterbacks. That is 
third to last. They're coming in at 30th uh, for defenses in fantasy football this year through two games. They're the worst against tight ends. Obviously, they had that first week against Indianapolis Colts where both uh, a guy that no one's ever heard, Jack O'Doyle and Dwayne Allen, were both top 10 tight ends in week one against them. Jeez. <laughs> That's not going to start out the season well. So they're in last place for tight ends uh, so far and through two games. Oh, so what does that rules. mean? Oh, oh, rules. Rules. <laughs> I know. That's, uh, that, what does that mean? I, I, I don't necessarily know. 21 points per game that led up to tight ends so far this season. That's crazy. Delaney had a good game against them on Sunday. What does that mean? Is that going to mean that Jared Cook all of a sudden is going to do something? It should on paper, but I'm going to guess no. Right now, Cook uh, has been – he's got five catches on the season for 38 yards. Hasn't gotten a touchdown, um, so no production there. And it all goes back to the reasons we talked um, earlier. There's just – there's just the the Jordy Nelson factor of him them being scared that he's going to go deep, and then the Eddie Lacy factor of he's going to be able to be serviceable. They're they're both pretty much gone so far. So it's it's a it's a stagnant offense right now, and the team's so good, and everyone just always thinks they're going to be so good because Aaron Rodgers, everyone overrates him and thinks he's like the best quarterback ever. Can they fix it? Yes. Am I worried about it? No, I'm happy about it. But for owners and people in fantasy football, it's it's worrisome. So we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, let me just say something really quick about Rodgers. It's a good matchup for him. Yeah, let me let me say something quick about Rodgers because you look at his career against uh, Detroit. His first two years in 2008 and 2009, the four games he threw for over 300 yards in every single game. Now he's played them 10 times since. He's only had two 300-yard games since. And listen to the, listen to these numbers. You know, he threw for 181, 173, 162, 226, 236. It, this is what familiarity does, you know, when you're when you're in these interdivisional yeah. games and, you know, granted uh the his games at home have not necessarily even been that much better than the games on the road. So a, a little bit better, but not not appreciably. And when you look at his career against Detroit, you know you're an averaging 254 yards a game with about two touchdowns and a, and a half an interception. Nothing spectacular. Yeah, I agree, man. That's a good point. You know, these teams know each other, and once that starts to happen, it's like. The, the luster, the shine wears off, and we know that Rodgers can make all the throws, but if everything was relying on a 31-year-old Jordy Nelson that, for that team, then, then it's trouble for this whole, this whole team. So we'll see. Yep, 100%. Uh, let's go on to the next game, and that's going to be the Broncos are heading to Cincinnati and they're going to be playing the Bengals. Start us off with the Broncos and the Bengals. Let's cruise through this one a little bit. That's fine. There's, um, there's, there's not a ton to talk about here, but let me just say this. I mean, the Bengals have traditionally been a strong defense. They've not been that strong this year. They're basically like a middle-of-the-pack defense to the lower third defense. So does that mean that you're going to start Trevor Simeon? No, you're never going to start Trevor Simeon. <laughs> He's just not going to give you the type of numbers. And 
Let's let's do a quick check here on the running back situation. You got C.J. Anderson, who looked phenomenal in week one. He's given you a, uh, uh, three touchdowns now through two weeks. He didn't look phenomenal last week. You know, you know, 20 carries again, 74 yards, but he gave you a touchdown, and he's getting his five targets. He's, you talk about this. This is each, each of the first two weeks, 20 rushes and five targets in the passing game. So if he's going to give you 25 you know, looks every single week, you're going to have to like that. So the one thing though, that I have to say, you got to be sneaking up on him is I would start to worry about Devonta Booker. We talked about Devonta Booker in the preseason and uh, lo and behold, he goes from three carries in the first week to nine carries last week. He had eight yards in the opener, 46 yards against Indianapolis. Granted that's Indianapolis, but it's nice to see, uh, this is going to mean that they're going to start to they, they want to keep C.J. Anderson healthy throughout the year. They're playing everything based on their defense, so they are using a run-heavy offense. So C.J. will get his bulk carries, but look for Booker to start eating into those as we go through. And in this matchup uh, against the Bengals, I just don't know that you're going to get a solid, amazing performance. You'll start CJ this week. Just don't expect to get a major, amazing, amazing performance. Sorry, I can't get that word out. Um, the touchdown is going to be the key for him. Is he going to be able to score uh, a touchdown against the Bengals? I, I don't know that he's going to actually be able to do that against this defense. I think that they they, they can stiffen up there. Um, as far as the wide receivers. This was the fear that we had going in, and it's actually becoming reality, and is that who was going to be the more effective? Was it going to be an Emmanuel Sanders, or was it going to be Demarius Thomas? And we all believed that it was going to be Demarius just because of the size and with the quarterback change, and that has actually turned out to be 100% true. Emmanuel Sanders has basically been ineffective in his first two weeks. Uh, he's got eight targets each week. He's given you 49 and 39 yards on five and three receptions. That's nothing. He's giving you garbage. Why did they re-sign him to all that money before the season when they didn't need to? Because they thought they were going to have signing. Brock Osweiler back. <laughs> good, good. No, they just they just did this two two weeks ago. Mm. It was the week before the season started. They gave him an extra an extra like three or four years for. They gave him thirty million more dollars. Well, He's not good. Maybe what you, they were thinking. Maybe you can't judge him based on Trevor Simeon. Maybe once we finally get Paxton Lynch in there, we'll see more of what they expected. But as it stands right now, the guy that you can count on more often is going to be Demarius. We had the concerns about the hip issue. Um, luckily he's, he seems that he was fine last week. He gave you five catches for 90 yards. Um, you know, and a two point conversion and a two point conversion did a lot of damage on a, on a nice screenplay uh, that he took for a long gainer. So that's his, that's his, that's his thing. That's yeah. His game. Yeah, yeah. He if he doesn't get that, uh, what do you think? I, I I saw Demarius Thomas after the game say we got to get some more offense going. I'm I think that the uh, the dun 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 boom 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 boom. I think this uh, the Simeon in my pants is 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 going to be uh, <laughs> slowly moving towards the bench. I think Paxton Lynch is going to be getting his opportunity. I My call, my over-under on Paxton Lynch being the starter is week seven. Yeah, you know what? you got to look at it right now. You're going to still roll with Simeon just because they keep winning, right? Yeah. You have a defense that's, that's, that's a Super Bowl caliber defense, world-class defense, so they're going to keep you in games with that amazing secondary. Um, and at this point in time, why would you want to bring Paxton Lynch out that early? But I think you're right. I think you should target – a week five, six 
we're going to make the change. I think what they're trying to do is, you know, get him more acclimated in, in uh, practice first. Um, and, and it's only a matter of time before Simeon just, he's just, not, he'll never do that amazing stuff out there. That's going to win you a game. He's a, he is a, a prototypical at best game manager. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we jump over to the Bengals side of the ball, let's pay the bills and listen to this. All right. Thank you for taking the time to listen to that double town bill paying crown downtown Andy Dalton, the Bengals, the guy last week uh, against the Steelers threw for a career high 54 passes. You love that if you're a Andy Dalton owner or own the wide receivers. You hate it if you went high on Jeremy Hill. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like Dalton got just destroyed continually in that game. He was limping to the locker room uh, after the loss. Um, you move over to the other side where you got uh, A.J. coming off the huge game and doing what A.J. does. Giving you those huge explosion games that win you the week. Week one, he, he came out hot with, uh, you know, 12 catches, 180. And then the next week, the Steelers, a team that he had had a hot hand against, they shut him down. Two for 38. AJ, they just brought it to him. They were super physical with him. They're, they were super physical with him in general. Uh, what does this, uh, what does this do for you in this game? It's not a good time. AJ Green is going up against the one of the best. The, the whole team's going up against Denver, who's one of the best uh, defenses in the league, especially so far this year uh, against wide receivers. AJ Green, you're going to start him if you own him. He probably might. He could bust one long, but it's 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 a it's a it's a scary matchup all around uh, when you're talking about Dalton. Now let's talk about. Dalton, when you're talking about Dalton, AJ, or Boyd, anyone, you don't have Eifert back. Then you look at what's going on with Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill has 53 yards rushing on the season. Hmm. Yeah, not not good. And basically, it's not like they're starting him out hot, and then when they're playing, you know, this the game the game plan or comeback football is changing the situation. He he's basically on in the last game. He got seven touches in the first half, seven in the second. Uh, you know, 59 total yards. So Giovanni, he's the pass catcher, so it's better. But this is this is worrisome. I think this whole backfield, um, I like Gio definitely more than Jeremy Hill. I was kind of high on and bullish on Jeremy Hill coming in the season. Uh, that is changing quickly. Uh, that's all I got. Let's kind of kind of start moving through this uh, into the next game, the last game. Of, unless you have something you want to bring up about the Bengals. No. <laughs> no. All right, let's go to the last game in the early half. Uh, good times. Wow, one, two, three, four, five late games. I know. I counted. I was. I was. I'm happy. That's awesome. Uh, all right, Vikings at Panthers. Lay it on a Sam Bradford. He did it. Yeah, he got he had the best game of his career. Best game of his career. So much love. Best game of his career with uh, 286 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, he, he made good decisions out there uh, in in the passing game, and those decisions were: I have uh, 22 completions. Uh, I'm sorry, 31 attempts. One out of every three attempts was going towards Stephon Diggs. Well, that's a smart move because 
Stephon Diggs is the best receiver on this team. Now with Adrian Peterson going down, he is the only playmaker on this team. Otherwise, you have a bunch of also-rans. Your second best receiver is an Adam Thielen. Yes, you heard me correctly. Adam Thielen is the second best receiver on Minnesota. Uh, and then you have Charles Johnson winding out that core. Um, Stefan Diggs is your only true real play out of this offense. Um, I know that everyone here, I'm an Adrian Peterson owner. You're looking to do something and you're going, well, is it going to be Jerick McKinnon? Is it going to be Matt Asiata? You know what? It's going to be garbage whichever way you slice it. Because remember the last time Adrian Peterson was out, it was the McKinnon and Asiata show. And basically McKinnon gets more work, does more more things. Asiata scores all the touchdowns. So you're either going to go for the guy that's just going to give you some points in PPR and yards, and you're going to give another guy who may not give you a ton of yards but could give you a three-touchdown game. I think, what is it, McKinnon, I want to say in his career, he's got like, is it like only like three touchdowns? I want to say in his career, probably, yeah. I, and he's been hobbled a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a total of uh, receiving and rushing three total touchdowns. I want to say Matt Asiata's had at least four two, double touchdown games. So, if I have to choose one of the two, I'm going Asiata. But the one thing, we're hearing a lot of questions from people and second opinions and over social media, uh, twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C, facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac, all letters. But people are like, oh, I got number one on the waiver wire. Should I go with Asiata? It's like, no. No, no. no. I say don't, he's the guy to get, but not as no, a I know, not number I know. one waiver wire priority. Are you nuts? No, I know, but people are, like, thinking that, like, this is crazy. And let's not forget, and I'll let you do your thing, but they're not even ruling out Adrian Peterson playing this weekend. Right. He might – he's not even ruled out yet. This is a, a Superman. This is a, a – he's inhuman. He's an alien. I could see – I hope they sit him. I hope he's out for a couple of weeks. But he has not been uh, told you, uh, wow, stag party won. Stag Party's the expert. How about that? Stag Party. I just I just got a Twitter feed across. Nice. Introducing the new uh, t- the score fantasy expert. Stag Party. So let me. That is fucking Flo and Santos for the hospitality. Waz, um, our boy Waz at Waz NFL. Uh, just tweeted that Stag Party is the expert for the score in Chicago. Now that is awesome. So let me just let, let everyone understand here. The Score Sports Radio uh, in Chicago is the number one sports radio uh, program. They've been around since 1992, I want to say. Uh, so uh, they're or 1990, so they're over 25 years. Uh, he's going to have a show now here, here in Chicago. You'll be able to stream it, I believe, as well off of the Scores website. Uh, and it, this is like every Sunday morning, he's going to have a fantasy expert show. So he gets an hour uh, on the airwaves here in. in he the, does in get City. an hour. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's yeah. Getting this a- is a whole. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. A, I thought, I'm a he, I thought they were be like, now for one minute. St- no, no. I, I knew it was going to be more than that. 
Wow, dude. They, yeah. and, and obviously, we, you and I know. He, he's Stag Party and I, like me and Houdini, we're, we're old bucks and we're awesome at this and win a lot of championships. And there, there's, there's something to be said about going overboard with stats and just being too much of a robot and, 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 and the heart and putting it in it. But Stag Party, like, he sucks this stuff up. He reads a lot. You and I do as well. But Stag Party essentially has kind of like a, a photographic memory. He just, he's, he's, he, I've said this before. He's kind of, he's the closest thing that I've worked with in a while to a genius. He's a fantasy he, savant. He's a savant. And in just in general, in many things, like you tell him to do, I've got a great story and we're going to, we're going to give him some love. And if that, if this comes at the, at the, us shortening these, these later games, I don't care. Uh, you can ask us second opinions. You can ask us, we'll ask you, he'll answer any question you may have on this stuff. But, the Stag's party started out as an intern, the second or third year of Pyro's existence. And uh, that year we had hired, I had hired up for pay, four um, other interns with Stag's. And I was teaching them how to use the admin, and I was teaching them how to do all these things that were going to be a part of their, you know, daily, weekly grind. And... I'm going to tell you, everyone that we were, was that I was doing was like writing notes, like listening, asking questions, like looking me right in the eye, like testing it. Stag party, like looked like he was the most aloof person in the world. <laughs> looking out into outer space, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this fucking guy. I can't wait till I get the email from him or the call. They're like, wait, how do I do this again? So <laughs> what happens? The only guy that gets it done first without one question perfectly done is Stag Party. Everyone else, including one guy that was an intern from Duke University, who is, you know, Duke University is very hard to get into. Yes. Should be the smartest people in the world. Um, everyone else is emailing me questions like, wait, can you run that through me? Can we do that again? The one guy I thought wasn't listening and wanted to smack in the head and be like, yo, guy. Pay attention over here is the one he's 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 just in general very very smart so wow I'm just so excited for that guy um, it'll give him some opportunities to, um, to you know flex his muscle I know that a part of his, one of the reasons why he's excited to do that as our partner is he hopes to at whatever level he can without getting slapped on the back of the hand promote our pyromaniac. And pyro product, um, you know, we're we're all in this together. So you know, he 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 flat out said this will help our company as well. So that is exciting. I I, I had a feeling he would. I just told him that I was talking to him yesterday. I was like, bring some soul. Think about some one liners. Think, be funny. We know you got the fantasy down. We know you got all you know that stuff like nobody's business. Bring in those other elements, which he does. But sometimes he gets just too narrow minded on fantasy. So I'll shut up. I'm just really. I'm like hey, a, listen, a proud papa right now. You should be a proud papa. This is exciting stuff for us, uh, you know, and exciting stuff for stags. This is, you know, this is these are all the type of things that we've always worked for. We've always, uh, you know, kept trying to figure out, well, what's the best way to put ourselves out there? And this opportunity presented itself. And, you know, we already know that we're, we're a well-known within the industry uh, and everything else. And now we're actually going to have a voice on uh, a radio station in a major, major market here in Chicago. And as I do believe, I mean, because they do have, like, they do stream uh, their their stuff around the country as well. So uh, streaming, it's like, uh, I think it's at 670thescore.com. Uh, you'll be able to follow him on uh, Sunday mornings. We'll fill you in. We'll post it on the website exactly uh, when his show is so that you can listen in the mornings. While you're sending us second opinions, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do both for you. <laughs> 
Man, that's so awesome, man. I'm proud of that guy. Uh, you deserve it, Stag Party. Congrats. Uh, above and beyond just being smart, no one works harder on the pyromaniac.com website than Stag Party. I'm in touch with them every day. Houdini, you put so much into it. Mo put so much into it. Uh, but we all know Stag Party is a badass. I reached out to him on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Like, what's going on, buddy? You going out with your buddies? Like, no, nah, I'm just watching some college football and, and getting these Twitter widgets in. It's like, oh, man, this is a 25, 26-year-old kid, and he is dedicated. So not only is he smart, he's a hard worker, and uh, God bless it. God bless Stag Party. I'm so happy. So let's move back into these games. And um, are, are, you, uh, are you good with the Vikings, or do we talk about Adrian Peterson? What, what do you, anything else? I, I think that's really about it. I mean, the only other thing is realize that Stevon Diggs is the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> Diggs is getting he, – he's completed uh, 80% of the uh, targets thrown his way. He's caught. He's got now uh, on the season 16 catches for 285 yards in two weeks. So over 100 yards each week, over seven catches each week. He got a touchdown last week. Uh, the guy is awesome. And Sam Bradford realizes that he has to throw the ball to him a lot. And now without Adrian Peterson, you can expect just a, the Julio Jones type of target games, the Allen Robinson, you know, last year type of target games, like the 15 to 17 targets. I think those are coming for him. Um, good God. I'm so glad I got him in, in one of my dynasty leagues. I paid up for him in the auction. Well worth it so far. That's awesome. Yeah, he looks like the real deal. You know, you heard the quote basically right when Bradford got there. He's practicing and throwing the ball to Diggs and looking at the coaching staff and like, whoa, this Diggs guy is the real deal. And they're like, yeah. Um, so he, he he's legit. Uh, almost He almost crept up. I was in one league um, and I, up by like, Literally 65, 70 points in one of my leagues with the guy had a couple players left. Ooh, Diggs gave me a little scare there. I kind of did the old gloss over. Oh, Diggs, whatever. There's no way he can do it with those two guys. Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, brother. Um, well, but don't well, you, well, here's the one thing, though, because this is a tough week, right? Because you're going against Carolina. This is this is a tough defense on the yeah. road. So I'm I'm advising you against starting anybody else besides Diggs, Okay. He's the only guy that is worth playing on this team um, this week. And it's going to be by volume. You know, Carolina should be able to kind of work their will against, well, you know, two tough defenses. So it's going to be, it's going to be that slog it out type of a game, but it's going to be, it's just going to be ugly from the Minnesota standpoint because you're, you're going to have no respect for what they what they do on, uh, in the running game. So it's going to be something where it's going to be getting loud over there on the on the headset. Be careful. No, it fell out of my ear. Sorry about that. <laughs> what do you, what do you, you got one of the? Do you have one of those? Uh, what do they call? Not earbuds. That's a movie. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, <laughs> Those, those new, uh, those new iPhone, uh, those new iPhone. Honestly, I had to go wireless. No, no, no way. I had to go searching through like twenty five drawers and like peeling like twenty five different headsets apart to find one that actually had a microphone on it. So that's, I got one of the uncomfortable early uh, iPhone ones that like always seem like they're falling out of your ear as you uh, have the the the, the 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 headphones in. Hilarious. The one, uh, one a funny meme I saw a meme was I always say meme. Meme was uh, <laughs> the uh, the AirPods or whatever. There, yeah, AirPods. 
Uh, those are those new headphones that don't have the wire and don't plug in. No 3.5 plug-in anymore. And the funniest thing was the AirPods with a subwoofer, and it was a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. One of the funny. I was this close to posting it to uh, um, our Twitter page, but... I just decided not to. It, was, it seemed like one of those ones that could get us to lose, like, 70 followers. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and Facebook, uh, I mean, uh, Twitter d- definitely did a little bit of a uh, a, um, a spammer. Uh, that We lost some, some users uh, a couple days ago because I think Twitter was getting some people that were either spammers or out of there. Whatever. Um, well, let me move on to... Go to Carolina. The Panthers. Yeah. Uh, so your guy is awesome, uh, Olson, getting yeah. started right where he went. Uh, it's unbelievable. Basically, they, they had a record-setting game over there on Sunday, the Niners and the Panthers. Basically, first time in history where two tight ends in the same game have scored a touchdown of 75 yards or longer. Wow. Yeah, uh, obviously Vance McDonald had a 75-yarder and Olsen had that 78-yarder. Olsen's a stud. He's, you know, obviously been a top, I think, I think he's been number one week. He was number two week one for the, at the position of tight end, and he was number one this week. So if you went, if you went even a little high on Olsen in the fourth or you're lucky enough to get him in the fifth, um, you are loving that now, and it's just going to keep going because now they got Kelvin Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin put up 22.8 points last week. Uh, that is friggin' big time. Cam Newton, number one quarterback in fantasy last week. I think at home against the Vikings, with no Adrian Peterson, they are just going to see what the running game can do, slow the game down. I see, regardless of how good or you know middle of the road, really, at this point through two games again, as a defense against fantasy football, I think the Panthers are going to be able to uh, kind of force their will on the Vikings and do whatever they want across the board. They're going to have to pass it. It's Vazi Whitaker and Cameron Artis Payne. We got Stewart's down for a while or a few games, and it's going to be Olsen, Benjamin. It's going to be Funches and Bunches. It's going to be Cam doing his thing. Well, but uh, don't you – I was going to say here, don't you don't you think though? I mean, looking at it, it's really just Calvin and, and Olson that you can start with confidence because oh yes, uh, Minnesota. This is one hell of a defense. You saw what they did to to Green Bay. So you you, you know they've only given up uh, the sixth uh, least amount of points to wide receivers at sixteen point eight. So when I look at Kelvin Benjamin, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of you know what it's probably not going to be an amazing game, but he's going to give you a solid game and. Like I preached in the preseason, this guy is is the red zone target. He's going to give you a touchdown almost every week. So, and 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 Olsen's the only other guy that you can trust. And you're right, Fozzie Whitaker was the guy. Cameron Artis Payne didn't do it. It was Fozzie Whitaker got 14 carries last week after Peter after uh, Johnson Stewart went down. And Whitaker, you know, nice player. He's giving you some flashes here and there, but he's no one that you're going to scare you. And he definitely doesn't scare the Minnesota defense. So. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't, I wouldn't, how, I don't know how comfortable I would be with even rolling with Cam this week. I, I just don't like going against that Minnesota defense. Well, they're not doing so great at, at the, at the quarterback level. The True Vikings. That. You True know, that. They're 18th. They're giving up 17 points and they haven't, uh, I, I think Cam, Cam's, Cam's going to find his groove. So you always, not that you're not going to start Cam. So you're starting him regardless. I think this will be a, a telltale sign for both 
the offense and the defense. Are the Vikings in it? What does this team look like without AP? Not that he had been doing crap on a stick for him anyways. Anyway, let's move on to the next game, and that's the Rams at the Buccaneers. This one, I think, essentially... You know, let's let's just breeze through this. Well, one. let's let's give it to you quick. You don't have to talk much about the Rams here. I mean, all I got to well, tell you is, well, well, Case Keenum, you're not going to start him. Um, so don't worry about that. Guy has not thrown a touchdown in two weeks. Um, you got Todd Can Gurley, who is, yeah. Sorry to talk over you. Valverde. Nice. I have no, I have no uh, Valverde pop. So only you can hear. Maybe if you hear this, you hear that? Yeah. That, that's me opening the scotch bottle that I'm drinking. So, what uh, kind of scotch you drinking? Uh, this is I'm, I'm I'm getting it done tonight, man. I got Cadenhead small batch. So this is a um, a single malt that was just made in a small batch. It's aged 17 years. Normal scotch is 40 percent alcohol. This is 54.1 percent. Wow, cask strength is what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Houdini what, strength is what they yeah, call it. That's what I was going to say. That's the kind of strength you need for a Houdini. I'm actually trying a new beer. Being in Michigan, they've actually, my local grocery store used to just, it was bleak. I would have to go to this one liquor store far away, but they're, they're up on the times now. They got a lot of microbreweries. Uh, obviously, Bell's is out here, so you can get that pretty much ubiquitously, but I'm drinking uh, Saugatuck Brewing Company which I've never, ever had. It's made in Michigan, which is pretty sweet. Made in Douglas, Michigan. And the beer I'm drinking is Singapore IPA. And uh, it's pretty good. You know, it's not as dusty as uh, and, and, and cloudy as I like, but it's a tasty one. It's got the uh, citrusy. It's got the piney. It's got, it's, it's good. It's not one of those hip, uh, real hoppy ones. So I'm enjoying it. First time I've ever had a beer by this brewery. And um, first time I've ever had Singapore IPA. So let's do it. Let's do it. So let me get back to uh, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay's defense against the Rams. Tampa Bay's defense is pathetic. They don't rank higher than fifth. Uh, fifth their fifth worst is the best that they are in any category <laughs> against any position. Wow. So that being said, I'm still not going to start Case Keenum, you know, because uh, why? Why would you? Um, what teams are doing is they're stacking the box to stop Todd Gurley. Well, Todd Gurley, who has still has yet to get to 100 yards on the season, 98 yards on 36 rushes. That's a, a measly 2.7 yards per carry attempt uh, with no touchdowns. That changes this week. He will bust out, and he will bust out big. If they stack the box against him, look for him to break through one of those ones where you have eight guys in the box, and he breaks through the initial line, and there's no one else there. And then Todd Gurley is going to go run crazy. So, um, as far as wide receivers, the guy who's been surprising uh, <laughs> reemerged as the number one uh, for the Rams team that would maybe go back to uh, his heyday with the Titans before with the Rams. Kenny Britt. Yes. I remember uh, was it was two years ago that you said D Rex never mentioned Kenny Britt on the podcast again. <laughs> or, was that, or, or was that last year? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably last month. Well, so through two games now, uh, he's got uh, a ridiculous uh, pace going for himself. He's got 10 catches for 161 yards, gave you six catches for 94 of those last week. Still is without a touchdown. Well, how can you have a touchdown if a quarterback doesn't throw one? Uh, Well, that's not going to happen. So um, you got a better chance this week. I mean, Tampa Bay is a sieve. Uh, You saw how Arizona just 
ridiculously annihilated them within the first half of that game, and it was all but over. Uh, the Rams are are hanging in with their defense. They were able to shut down Seattle, but the defense is not going to help you in starting any of these guys on offense. So Todd Gurley is your, your real only play. If you want to be sneaky, you can go uh, Kenny Britt, or you can go with Tavon Austin. Austin um, is just – you know, it was all talk, and I think we have to realize all the talk that Jeff Fisher was giving that this is going to be a hundred reception guy and this, that, and the other thing. No, he's not. Uh, he's, he's they don't run him in the routes, and he doesn't able to uh, shield off defenders to to be able to make catches like an Alshon Jeffrey or some of these other bigger receivers, a like Kelvin Benjamin that we've talked about. So he has to do it with guile and, and trickiness, and guile and trickiness is just not going to give you consistent fantasy production. Although, if you're looking for a week where Tavon Austin could get one of those ridiculous long runs for a score, this could be it. Yeah, I, I agree. And when I see Tavon Austin, it looks like he goes down at the touch. I mean, he's, a, he's literally a, a mosquito. Uh, when the defenders hit him, he's down. There's no and and that bubble screen that they throw to him all the time, unless it's the part the C's part and and he's Moses walking through there. Anybody touches him, he's down. So it, it it's trouble for them. You got anything else on that? Uh, Gurley. I mean, he's he's basically unplayable at this point. Well, you got to play him. No, but you got to play him this week. This this is the matchup to do it. I mean, as I said, they're going to stack the box on him. They're going to do all this stuff. But I think because this Tampa Bay defense is so bad, um, Gurley should be able to penetrate through that initial front. And once he does, he's going to do damage. Look. I'm scared on that one. Yeah, you really? Can, yeah, I think they he, can just overcompensate and just just there, there's no fear on the on the from the receiving side of things that it's it's Trubs. I just don't know if he well, can. Well, it, it is Trubs. That's it'll what, be great to see. That's what they've been doing to him all year. They're stacking the box against him. But you know, San Francisco on the road, fine opening night on a Monday night. I'll give that fine. Seattle, well, that's Seattle. They're going to button you up. You know, bottle you up. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be able to bottle them up. I don't care that they're on the road and they're going cross country. Uh, but the fact is the Rams get the benefit of getting the late afternoon start. They don't get to go, have to go to the East coast and play the early game. So I think that helps them out too. Cool. I'll take it over to the hometown bucks. Uh, and they, let's go to, let's go to Mike Evans first. Wait, I wait, wait, gonna, can I, can I first just shut it? Hold on. I, I want to rip on you and your dance I know, later. I want to cry. Okay. Do it yourself. I, cry. Do it yourself. <laughs> I just want to cry one tear for Jameis Winston. So in my main league where I've lost Adrian Peterson, my number one pick Keenan Allen, my number two pick in week one, I started Tyrod Taylor over Jameis Winston. And in week two, I started Jameis Winston over Tyrod Taylor. I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're cursed. Uh, You're cursed. But you did that. Remember on the show last week, you did that, that really awesome dance. It was good. Yeah, you were dancing. You were, you were getting really fired up. I think I called it the, uh, the, the North Shore White Jewish Cabbage Patch. Um, and <laughs> it, was, it, it, it wasn't that this time. And he'll be fine. It's, it's, it, was a, uh, it was a tough game. You're going to get up against Arizona, who had just come off of a loss that they shouldn't have had at home against the Patriots in week one. They were ready to do some damage. It was a lopsided loss. They, they, uh, it was a lopsided loss uh, for, for last week for, for, for these Bucs. Let's talk about some of the good, the good news. There's not much of it, but <laughs> that one play by Mike Evans, that catch, that 19-yard catch while Pete Peterson – Arguably top 
one or two uh, cover corner in the league. The way that he repositioned himself and adjusted at the last second to catch that thing and the throw by your boy, unbelievable. You got Mike Evans, who three years ago, um, you know, had set a record with his uh, 12 touchdowns as a rookie. Then last year came spelunking back to earth with uh, only three. He's already got two for this year. I know you and I both love him. He's going to be just fine. But this guy me, is so me, good, but he's got a tough matchup. This one. Well, let me interject. He's got a tough. Let me. Let me I want. Yep. I want to interject and just ask you because the thing that still yep. concerns me about him. Look, what was it? Was it not seventeen targets last week? And yeah, and what was it? Like six catches. Yeah. But that's that. That was just a. I think Winston wasn't what Winston wasn't on his game. He he was a little rattled. But I agree. Hey, I, I don't think. But there weren't many drops. There weren't. He, it was a tough situation. It yeah. wasn't. It was. A, it was a tough situation. Hey, for me, you know me. I'm hey, he's a, getting I'm a, targets. I'm a target, yeah, I'm a target guy. Right. You, you look at. You look at how many targets did AJ Green get? How many targets did some of the other elite guys get? So. When you're talking about Evans, he's got back-to-back tough weeks, though. You know, you're sitting here looking right now. The Rams against wide receivers are the fourth best. They're stopping the wide receiver team at the moment. So I'm starting him. I'm excited to see if he can um, keep on the, the, keep the momentum on a great season. But he's got a couple tough matchups. But this guy's just a bona fide stud. I think, um, you know, I'm not even going to talk about Winston. He just had a bad game. Dirk Cotter. Um, is talking about how he uh, there's a, t- a tweet that Scott Smith, the beat writer um, at Scott Bucks at Scott S Bucks uh, posted on Twitter. Dirk Cotter says Charles Sims can be a feature back if Doug Martin misses time. Says with Sims and Jacquez Rogers, Bucks will be fine. So if Martin's gone for a little bit, we don't know if that's the case, and you either handcuff to Sims. Or like me, I have Sims in every league. I bet you you probably do too. I know the whole pyro crew was pretty high on him across the board. Sims, terrible game last week. Terrible. But I feel like if Doug Martin does miss some time, that stock rises through the roof. And uh, in a game like this, the only reason that I, I – if Martin plays and, and goes for it, I think they're going to crush the Rams – no, I actually don't. I, I don't necessarily think. I think it's going to be a good game. But I think that the, the the catching the ball out of the backfield that Sims maybe excels at more will be taken away a little bit. Uh, but I think the Buccaneers can win this game, even though the Rams, you know, kind of brought it to Seattle. I, 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 I love hearing Seattle about that. twice last year. Yeah, and that was wasn't that an all field goal game on Sunday? It was. Was it twelve? What was it? Nine to 12, three. three or nine, nine three. Nine three. Nine three. Um, awesome news to just quick Rams note is the fact that they had an all team, all player, uh, team meeting while Gurley didn't do crap. Gurley did essentially guarantee the win. He said, we're going to win on Sunday. He didn't guarantee, he didn't say the word guarantee, but he said, we're going to win. So let's see what happens with Doug Martin. Uh, Humphreys is turning into a great DFS play. Six catches, 70, 67 yards. He's a part of the action. He, he seems like the, the, the new, the new Welker, in my opinion. 
Yeah, he's a guy that I I, I put him in my uh, waiver wire pickup. I, I think you got to add this guy. I in PPR leagues, if you're in a deep PPR league, I don't know how you don't add this guy. I mean, he's just getting a lot of targets. You're sitting there. Look, you got you got Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, they're two twin towers on the outside. He's commanding the zone. Yeah, he's he's like he's like the little he's like uh, he's like that little uh, lawyer from. I don't know where I was going. I know where I was going to go, but it didn't really work. I was uh, trying. I, I was just okay. You Twin Tower you're... humor. Twin Tower humor never works. No, no. So if you want to go a lawyer, then I would go to. He's like Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Do you remember that show on Adult Swim? Oh no! Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. It was like defending was like Magilla Gorilla and like, yes. like all of like the old cartoon people. Yeah, Fred Flintstone was, was like a a, a Godfather uh, mob guy. <laughs> I was going more for LLA that that little that little fella that was oh, uh, that married, was married to, to the tall the girl. super hottie tall woman. Yes. They were married I grew in real up life. a little shorter. I'm still not the tallest guy in the world, but I grew up. Uh, I didn't hit my 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 uh, growth spurt until about uh, late sophomore year. So I, I when I used to watch the show, I'd be like, yeah, it's gonna be me. I'm gonna have a six one wife. I don't. I might. I might only be five seven, uh, but I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna still be able to rock that. So I'm I've always gonna be five seven, but my wife will be six one. That's what you sounded like there. My vagine, vagine. <laughs> Pamela is I, no more. I was trying to sound like a, a Southern California Jewish lawyer, so it shows you how great I am at, at doing impersonations. Um, that's all I got on this game. Uh, should be an exciting one for both sides. Can the Rams keep building on this uh, this defense? Can Gurley get things going? Gurley, remember, I was in... Three leagues where Gurley was a top three pick. Wow. Yep. And yep. right now, let's just quickly talk about it. Zero RB approach. Looking real good. Looking real good, buddy. Looking real good. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next one. 49ers at Seahawks. Well, before First we – before uh, we, Second game, actually. Yeah, the, after, the second game of the afternoon. But before we get to that one, let's pay some bills again. All right, so we got a heck of a game for you here with the 49ers against going into Seattle to take on the Seahawks. I think I could be very fast on the San Francisco side. There's really not anyone you really want to start here in this game. Blaine Gabbert, yeah, fine. He had a a big game against Carolina um, at Carolina with the 243 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but it's only big because he had a run. And the fact is, he he, he completed 47% of his passes. So uh, not going to go there. Carlos Hyde, uh, okay, yes, he was able to run all over the Rams, and then he came back down to earth against a real tough defense on the road in Carolina with 34 yards on 14 carries. Expect more of the same as he travels to Seattle for this game. So see you later. Not going to go there. Torrey Smith, well, all right, so, yeah, you had 55 yards and a touchdown on three catches on 10 targets. So this is one of those things, again, I you know, Torrey, we, we thought it was going to be somewhat of a favorable situation for him. Um, it's really not going to be until after we get through the next couple games and probably until week six as he's got uh, Dallas and Arizona on the uh, schedule after this game. So um, tight end, Vance McDonald, no. He had the one catch. 
Yes, he's got a touchdown in each game. He's given you three catches, two of which have been touchdowns. <laughs> That's a ridiculous yeah. dependency, and you can't account on it. And the what was a 75-yard touchdown last week? Don't count on it. Don't buy into it. Uh, not getting enough targets for me to care about uh, and be concerned with. I like his talent, but right. not there. Sorry, I'm done. No, no worries. And I, I like I, I test. I love what I'm seeing from Gabbard. I love the pace. I love everything that's going on with uh, Chip Kelly. I was wasn't happy about that signing. Obviously, I rip on the team all the time about the getting losing Harbaugh, who I think is a one once in a lifetime coaching talent. But I like what I'm seeing across the board. I, he, Smith was able to get some stuff done. He got a touchdown. They're going to move the ball around, and I, I don't know. It's just something interesting is happening with that offense. I wish them the best. We'll see what can happen. I mean, if, there's no. In all honesty, I think this game is 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 going to be a lot closer than people thought. Let's let let's let me go hey, on. Well, to the may, yeah, go ahead and go on. It may be closer. It's not going to be exciting, and it's not going to be fantasy fruitful. So the Seahawks have allowed the fewest points through two weeks. Their defense. So they've only given up 19 points in two games, but they've only scored. Uh, they scored the second fewest points, and they've they, so they're one on one. They're not doing. They're not. They didn't have a touchdown. Think about the last time you could think that. Uh, Wilson had a, had a great season last year, and it's it's problematic for him. He's definitely off to a slow start. He was injured uh, heading into this game, but the truth is that this offense. Was injured even before his, um, you know, ankle injury. This this is worrisome for him. I, I I think that the way that I've seen the mixture of the uh, age and the youth for the 49ers and their um their their defense, I'm I'm worried. You know, running back situation for Seattle this week is bleak. The the third best against fantasy football against running backs is. The San Francisco 49ers are only letting 10 points per game. Now, the tight end, they're uh, a turnstile. They're the 29th, so they're allowing plenty of points. No, that's not true. That's defense. I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> sorry. My bad. Uh, you know, these charts, the, you, you look at them and you get them going. But the offensive line kind of bites for Seattle. Uh, Christine Michael, you hear all this talk about him. Uh, he fumbled. Uh, this week again, you know, it's, just, it's almost as if Carroll's got some sort of uh, favor he owes this guy on how much he talks him up each week. So in general, I, I'm just not be worried a little bit. You got um, you got Doug Martin's injured. He said he he got lucky by surviving a serious knee injury, uh, but that's not a good thing. Where all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, already. Three uh, started going into three week. You've got your two best offensive players are already banged up behind an offensive line that isn't performing well at all. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this thing goes. Um, but this team is not the Seahawks that um, you know that we thought was going to guaranteed be in the playoffs and probably be between them or some other NFC team to make it to the Super Bowl. They've got some they got the work cut out for them and the 49ers the same way the Rams are. This was uh, 3 years ago, one of the toughest uh divisions in football, the toughest by far, and it seems like the the two California teams are eking their way back up to the top of it. I agree. Should we move on? Yep. 
All right, before we do that, Valverde. Valverde. <laughs> it's, all, nut. it's all I can give you. <laughs> you got it. Well, you're pouring you that. Here you go. There you go. No, it's good. I, the first one was good. I'll give a quick pyro promo, um, and then I'll uh, let you get into your Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, go ahead. There you go. Pyro promo. Uh, review on iTunes. Give us one. Give us a five-star rating. Write us up a nice review. If you listen to us on a non-Apple platform like uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Google, any of these other ones that are out there, there's a lot of them coming up. We found out in the last few uh, weeks all the different ones because we've had a couple bugs. If you are having any issues, you can always listen to our podcast at pyromaniac.com forward slash podcast. Let us know. Send us an email if you're having an issue and new shows aren't appearing. Uh, we're sorry for any trouble that might be happening, but make sure you reach out to us. Houdini, you're, uh, you're, put, your, put your mic on mute, if you don't mind. Um, do us a favor and, and reach out on that, so we're, we're sorry about that. Uh, but give us that, that review on iTunes. Um, we're, giving, we're doing a giveaway. Basically, we're going to give away three... Peyton, Walter Payton Sweetness posters. They're silk screened, uh, original pyro art. We're going to give away three of them. If you give us a review on any of these platforms and write us up and give us a five-star rating or what have you, screen grab that review you do, uh, hopefully on iTunes because that's where most people are doing it, but you can do it anywhere that, that you listen to us. Screen grab that review. Send it to the email, contact at pyromaniac.com. Give me your you know, name, and I'll have your email. Send me that screen grab. We're putting it in a bin. And on, uh, I believe it's going to be after week five. I think it's the 10th of October. Monday, the 10th of October. We are going to announce three winners. So this poster's awesome. Only 85 of them were made. They're hand silk screened. It's original art. It's Walter Payton. It's got an organ donor uh green ribbon on it in honor of my father and just any an organ donor awareness it's kind of one of the reasons why we did it walter payton was uh, did, wasn't able to uh live his full life because he sat on the organ donor uh line list and wasn't able to get a new liver i think that's ridiculous if you're not an organ donor do you become an organ donor Give forward, pay forward. If something, lo and behold, happens to you or your family members, it can let someone else move forward uh, and live a life. Uh, it's crazy how many people are sick and are just looking for one organ to get them uh, the next, uh, you know, some instances five, some instances 25 uh, years of their life. And when they're kids, uh, you know, even longer than that. So be an organ donor. Give us a review. Check. I'd love you guys to win that sweetness poster. Let's do this again. We'll announce the three winners on October 10th. Uh, I don't. I guess we'll do it on the show, but you'll know because you'll get an email from either my, me or Mo, Pyromaniac Mo. So let's do this. Uh, Houdini, get into the Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, Jets, Jets, Jets. We got ourselves an offense here with the Jets, Jets, Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, not known for 300-yard games, threw for 374 yards and a touchdown with no interceptions against Buffalo last week. I mentioned this earlier. He nearly had 300-yard receivers uh, last week. He had Brandon Marshall with 101. He had Eric Decker with 126. And he had Quincy Nunwa with 92. So when you look at this matchup here against Kansas City, 
Um, it does not really sit well for a one Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Kansas City is only allowing 12.5 points per game to quarterbacks. That is sixth best in the league. Where Kansas City has struggled, though, has been against the running back. They are third worst in the league, allowing 24.3 points. And you have a Matt Forte who resurgent. Do we say workhorse back? Yes, we do. 52 carries in his last in his first two games with the Jets uh, for 196 yards. Three touchdowns scored last week on his 100 yards on 30 carries. Um, the good news there is that the game was on a Thursday, so he's had the extra time off uh, to to rest up for this matchup with Kansas City. He should be very active again. Uh, what, the one surprising thing is that he has just really not been as big of a uh, it was not as big of a, a factor in the passing game this last week as he was in week one, where he was targeted seven times in the opener, only three times in the second game. And part of that I'm going to say is this. You know that you're going to start Brandon Marshall, and you know you're going to start Eric Decker. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been putting him for the first last two weeks on my waiver wire. I'm amazed that after week one, he was still only uh, he was available in over 94% of CBS leagues after week two. So Quincy Inunua, this guy needs to be added. There is no tight end in New York for the Jets. He is their third wide receiver threat. So now you look at it this way, and, and he had six catches for 92 yards last week. Most of that was done in the first half. And then they finally started paying attention to him. And that's the benefit that he gets with Decker and Marshall continuing to do dominate the defense's mind. Quincy Inunua becomes this just different type of a person. He now has got 13 catches on 14 targets on the year. He is a big target as well at 6'2, 225. And he's got and he's got good skills and he's playing out of the slot. So he's got mismatch written all over him every week. There is no tight end to start with the Jets. I'm telling you, if a noon was available in your league, you are foolish if you don't add him just for the simple reason that someone's gonna come to you for a trade for him later. I like it. Um, all right, let's get uh, let's get over to the cold side of the ball, and we can Chiefs, cruise Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Sorry, Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs. the Chiefs. Ons. 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 Um, <laughs> 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 all right. Well, Alex Smith basically uh, started out real hot. Back to Alex Smith's zone. Houston was all over his ass. Um, the Jets are going to uh, take a page out of the Houston playbook on that one. you got to like what you're seeing with Macklin. Not putting up the big numbers, but getting 15 targets. Um, you know, basically off 15 targets. He had six catches, 68 yards. Had a TD in the first game. So I'm not, I'm not scared about him too much, especially because um, if I'm not mistaken, the Jets are not doing great against the wide receiver. They are second to last place. They're allowing 35.4 points per game against the wide receiver position. Can, that can, sits, hold on. Can you say that uh, Revis Island has been tsunamied? Yeah, I call him. I, I put a post on our Facebook page. I'm calling him Beavis Island. Ah. <laughs> 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 I am Cornholio. I need to be for my <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, it was. It's he's old. So I thought they were moving him to safety this year. He wanted one last season as a cover corner. I think by about week six, he's going to be a strong safety, and uh, things will start being better. Uh, still love Arevis, but all you got to do with some of these younger, fleet of foot, fast as hell guys, he just unless he demolishes them at the line. It, if he misses or it's even a 50-50 play, the speed just can get by him too fast. So it's it, it, that's a bummer, and I know that um, P.K. Ripper isn't happy whenever I rip on his Jets. So I'll stop. No, I won't. <laughs> hey, come on now. The, the no, defense, I won't. No, you won't because that defense is atrocious for what they should be with all the talent they have. I agree. Uh, Alex Smith, I talked about him. Spencer Ware, not a huge game, uh, but does not look like Jamal Charles it will be back. But when you talk, when you hear um, Reed's basically saying, hey, the guy's got the burst. The guy's looking good in practice. He's looking like Jamal Charles. We're just not going to rush him back. Until that happens, Spencer Ware, you start him. I mean, he's a starter right now. But uh, hopefully Jamal Charles comes back and it's Jamal Charles. I don't really have much else on on this one, you know. Let's uh, we move on. Let's move on. Go to the uh, Chargers at the Colts. San Diego Super Chargers. And if they move to LA, I won't be able to sing that song anymore. So let's look at this. And you got Philip Rivers, who goes four touchdowns last week. But here's the thing you got to know about Philip Rivers this year: without Keenan Allen. It's going to be what you're getting. You got gave you 243 yards in week one, 220 yards in week two. There's just not going to be a ton of passing because who are the weapons? You have Travis Benjamin. You have Tyrell Williams. You have Antonio Gates. Outside of that, you really don't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Dontrell Inman doesn't scare anybody. You want to know what this no, team is no, becoming? You're, you're right. I'm, I'm letting you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you're getting is, I was speaking rhetorically. You didn't have to jump in, but that's okay. <laughs> am I right uh, or am I right? Am I right? Am I'm right. right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So the other thing that I'm right about now is, and I'll, I'll, I'll retract and say I'm not right about, I was wrong about Melvin Gordon. Um, he's showing a lot more to me this year than he did last year. And now that you have Danny Woodhead who goes out with injury, Melvin Gordon is getting a more lion's share of carries. So he went from 14 carries in week one. Uh, Woodhead goes down last week. He finishes with 24 carries. He's always been a four-yard per carry average guy, right? But now he gets over 100 yards because he's getting enough carries in the game. He does have the big strike ability. I think that the more touches he's getting, it's only going to benefit him from here on out uh, because once he becomes confident in seeing the hole when he sees it, if he, if he hits it with the speed that he did uh, as a college player, he has breakaway speed and he should be able to make some big plays downfield. So I think Melvin Gordon is, is the safest play that you have out there right now. Phillip Rivers is just a solid, solid play at the quarterback position. If you're looking for a guy that's just going to give you at least a decent performance because he's going to at least throw you 250 yards with at least two touchdowns, and he also has the potential to throw for a lot more if the running game gets shut down. Now, in this week, I don't know that the running game is going to get shut down against the Colts. The Colts have proven they haven't been able to stop anybody at anything. So I would almost feel like you could feel comfortable starting Melvin Gordon. You should feel comfortable starting Phillip Rivers. You could even feel really comfortable in starting Travis Benjamin, who went from 
you know, th- this is the thing where people are going to look at his stats and go, well, he only had, he had seven catches for 32 yards. And now all of a sudden they used him downfield and he had six catches for 115 yards in week two. Well, that may be, but you know, that's also based on necessity and what you have and what the situation was with Kansas city versus what it is. Was it was against Jacksonville. Remember they jumped out on Kansas city early and they were trying to milk the clock out. And then they just kind of abandoned everything they were doing with Jacksonville. It just became that they were, Everything was going wrong, and Danny Wood had went out, so they had to abandon the uh, the running game, which and and also the release passing game from the running backs, which was giving them a lot of uh, opportunities. So then Travis Benjamin had to become a lot more active as a as a deeper threat, and he sure was six of six targets. He has now caught. 13 of his 14 targets on the season. So Benjamin's a guy that should continue to get some good play. Uh, whether, you know, he's one of those guys too, that's going to be either a really big boom or you're going to get a decent game, but nothing, nothing spectacular out of it. It might be one of those like Chris Hogan four for 50 games. Uh, but I think, I think going forward now with all the injuries that they have, he's the last playmaker that you have. And the other last playmaker is Tyrell Williams. So, not going to get targeted nearly as much as Travis Benjamin, but he is basically the, the younger, better version of a Malcolm Floyd. He has proven that he is able to do that. Uh, if you look at faster too, yeah, well, Williams six four three speed, four three speed. Well, not only that, look at his yards per reception on his uh, this season so far: twenty six point four yards per reception. That's speed. So yeah. if, if you're in one of those long touchdown leagues, and you, again. Remember, Phillip Rivers is one of the best long, deep throw, hits you as you're in stride. It may look ugly coming out, how he chicken wing arms it out there, (laughs) but God damn it, it's on target and it gets done. So I will tell you, Tyrell Williams should be a guy that that, that is – Continue to move up in your in your thought process, and he should be added on to most teams because he's going to get a lot more targets, especially now that after Melvin Gordon, without Woodhead, there's really nothing else there in the running attack that's going to scare you all that much. So um, now let's talk about Antonio Gates before I'm done. <sighs> I feel like the wheels have fallen off, and the only hope for Gates is that they're going to try to get him the touchdown record, but you're not going to get the yards. You're not getting the targets. You're, not, you're just not getting the production that you want from an Antonio Gates at this point in time. I, I feel, you know, 36 years old and age, I think has finally caught up to the man. He can box a guy out in the red zone, but he's not going to give you those 20, 30 yard explosion down the middle of the field plays that he was giving you in years past. Yeah. I think Williams takes over for that sort of, uh, that, that look for rivers and let's give a moment of silence for Danny Woodhead. Uh, it sucks that that guy's, uh, out for the season. Damn, that stinks. Um, just a bummer. Just too many injuries happening. This game's uh, forceful. It's it, it, it's ballistic. But this is why we tell you in the preseason, draft as much talent. Draft the best player available each time around because it's just, it's a it's a it's a lethal. It's a very very brutal sport. And injuries happen every year. And new opportunities arise. And we're talking about Tyrell Williams here. Uh, coming in for Keenan Allen. Just look at what Gordon's going to be able to do. They're signing um, uh, who who they signed today. They're signing uh, Dexter McCluster. Yeah, is going to be signed to rejoin um, the coach, uh, the offensive coordinator there. I'm spacing his name. He's in the Super Bowl. Uh, the, who's what's his name? The guy came over from Titans. I'm an idiot right or now. Bunchuk? Sorry, it's uh, late. Um, no. 
No, what's his name? The guy with Fitzgerald and Bolden went to the Super Bowl. Oh, Lost oh, to Todd. Um, uh, Weisenhunt. 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 It's 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 late here where I'm at. It's been a long day. I've been up. I've been up for about 13 hours. We still deliver the goo, but every once in a while, I start. And it's hot as hell in here. Yeah, you're sweating oh your God. balls off. I, my I, yeah. poor Daisy. My poor Daisy. She's like, I hate my daddy. But remember, and everyone knows, or you know, Houdini. When you guys come over, usually we're together. We're like, it's a podcast. She just like basically looks at us. It's like, like screw you, you assholes. Yeah, like, you guys are dicks. I'm about to be hot. Locked in a room, can't have the AC on. Uh, this sucks. I hate the Pyro podcast. I feel like I'm at my mommy's house. <laughs> All right, I'm going to quickly breeze through the Colts and we'll kind of quickly breeze through the rest of this. I think this has been a fun, great show. Uh, but again, um, let's, let's, let's bolt through it so that I don't pass out. Uh, you got the Colts. All right, they're giving it up. Um, no, sorry. Yeah, Colts yeah, is where we're at. Moncrief, they're giving it up for sure. Moncrief injured, neck shoulder injury. He's going to be out for a little bit. Hold on, I'm going to sneeze. This is the the ideal part about having uh, this. I'm going to put it on mute for a second. Everyone think to themselves. Ah, chew. Ah, chew. And as usually happens, I can't sneeze because I thought about it. But Moncrief has a neck shoulder injury. He's going to be out. Um, you know what that does. You know what that does. <laughs> that brings a Philip Dorsett into wide receiver two territory. Obviously, I like that a lot. He's not owned in many um, many leagues. So this charts um, this this Colts Chargers game has a high over under. There's going to be a lot of points scored. So Dorsett. Is going Philip Dorsett, second year player, is going to be a nice play. Uh, I read on Twitter, it's not if Dante Moncrief's going to miss time, it's how long he's out. So, Philip Dorsett, think about that fella if he's available on your waiver wire. Uh, obviously, it helps T.Y. Hilton as well. Andrew Luck went from number the best quarterback in fantasy football week one, but then he met the Broncos who were able to hold. You know, a, a Cam Newton in week we those the stats of Cam Newton and Luck had in week one and Luck had in week two were like exactly the same. So it'll yeah. be funny to it'll be funny to see if the uh, Broncos can keep um, Dalton to the same exact numbers. Like literally, they were like the exact same. So it was a tough matchup, but. Luck had an opportunity to get a, a comeback win in the fourth quarter, and he, he he didn't do it. He didn't get it done. He started making, you know, he made he made a bunch of errors. So hopefully, week one luck is the luck we've got, and not week two. I like uh, the what he's going to be able to do in this matchup. Regardless, the Chargers are, you know. 27th in fantasy points against the quarterback where they really are going to uh, let points up, which is where the Colts. Yeah. So luck is a guy who's going to take advantage of the bad situations, the good matchups. All right. Or the bad defenses. I should say, this is a bad defense. This is a great matchup for him. He'll take advantage when luck faces the top 10 defenses in the league. He's going to struggle mightily because they don't have a running attack that can just dominate and force people over. It's not Frank Gore from seven years ago. It's Frank Gore of today. Although, but although he looked, that good. Was the, he looked good, that was the best play of the entire weekend. Oh, it, was. it was that pirouette that the Gore Gore pulled off. That was awesome. But I agree with you. But but you know what? But but that's a game where can Gore take a game over like that? Which which you need to have happen if you're a team like Indianapolis. 
It's just not going to happen. And, and Luck, as good as he is, you know what? You can only be so good when you have nobody in front of you blocking. Totally agree. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, as I was going to say, uh, they're really bad. They're pretty bad so far against the tight end. The Chargers are so they're 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 bottom half across the board, but they're in the green territory. Twenty eighth overall for team defense against tight end. So let's see if Dwayne Allen or Doyle Rules can uh, keep it up. So let's move before we move on to the next game, which is going to be the last game of the second. Um, of the afternoon games, um, let's keep the lights on. All right, what's up? We got the Steelers at Philadelphia. I'm going to let you start, and, um, you know, I'm not even going to really talk too much about the Eagles just because I'm still kind of licking my wounds. Oh, from... well, then I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the gaps for you. But you let, fill in the gaps. Go, so, give some Steeler love. Well, here's the and, best part. Uh, we're going to quickly go through the Eagles. We, 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 can quickly, we can quickly go through the Steelers, too. I mean, But here's the thing uh, that was cool. I'm at the Bear game last night. I'm actually in the tailgate. I'm in the south lot tailgating, and there's guys next to me, and I hear, because you know, we're playing the Eagles, and I hear Steagles. And I hear Steagles. I'm like, is this guy talking old school football? No, he was talking German beer, the Stiegel beer. I'm like, come on, don't you know the Stiegels? When the Eagles- was it the Stiegel? Was it the Stiegel? Um, uh, that that grapefruit one that the they uh, not. I'm so stupid right now. I really. What's the gra- little grape? It's 2.5 alcohol. Uh, oh no, so I don't know what you're talking about. Radler. It's a grapefruit Radler. They make a. They make a. They make a good rape. I my sister always drinks. I'm like, how do you drink that? It's like, oh, I I pour vodka into it. I'm like, okay, so it's basically grapefruit juice, but it's a beer. No, no, that I don't know. So Steagle. <laughs> but the Steagles, there was a time during World War II where the Eagles and Steelers combined, and they were the Steagles. Right. So they were at one point a combined team. But this is the Battle of Philadelphia. Uh, so you got Big Ben, who uh, has been looking Big Ben-ish, I would say. You know, you can feel pretty good. But I, I would say the guy that's really been uh, carrying the torch so far uh, on the season for uh, for the Steelers has been D'Angelo Williams. Um, you know, De- oh yeah, oh yeah, D'Angelo Williams. But he's now- only got one more week in that. I know he's and, only got one more week. But and, and you and they're and they're working him like they know he only has one more week. He had twenty six carries in week one, thirty two carries last week. Now it didn't work out as well against Cincinnati in a tough grinded out game in the rain, but that was the way that it, that it played out. But thirty two carries for ninety four yards. Look, D'Angelo is going to get a boatload of carries again in this game. Um, the Eagles as, as a defense, uh, when it comes to uh, the the running back, the Eagles as a defense as a whole, let me just say, pretty damn good. The worst thing that they are is that stopping the running back. Um, they are number one against the quarterback. So here you got Big Ben. You saw, but but let's but let's let's can I let me kind of preface this. Yes, they are number one against the quarterback. They have faced the Browns, RG three. The Bears, Jay Cutler. Um, that doesn't really mean Ben Roethlisberger. So this is the true test for Philadelphia. This is the test, and this is a game that you know both teams are going to get up for because it's, it's, it's battle rights of the state. They only play each other once every four years at most uh, or 
you know, at the least, I should say. Uh, but you, they haven't really matched up otherwise, except once every four years. So it's a big game in state, East versus West. Who's going to win? Um, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz because he's going to get his first loss. Uh, you're facing your first real, real opponent, a team that actually has a real, real defense, not the Chicago Bears, uh, whose defense, where is it? where are the Bears' defense overall? I'm amazed it's better than it is. They're middle of the road, but uh, Carson Wentz made them look silly. The Cleveland Browns, uh, again, a defense that is not uh, top of the line. Uh, overall, this is a defense ranking 25th in the league. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And I, I'm not. I'm really not going to even talk about the Eagles at all. Um, but I'm going to let you. I test. You were texting me during that game, and you were like, "Wow, this guy's the real deal." You hear about the Browns, how they were firing people uh, uh, that that liked Wentz, and how they passed on him. They obviously got a lion's share of picks. But you're looking, and you just you 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 said this guy's got a cannon. Like I don't remember who you said, but yeah. you were like, "This guy's gun got a gun. He can run." What? Tell us about the so, eye okay. test firsthand being at the game. All right, so I'll tell you my. And here's so, let, on, me, let me let me that. Let me explain you do that. Yeah. Valverde. Sorry to interrupt Valverde. So here's the best part about the eye test from what I have. And I got like basically the, the pro 22 view. I have South end zone seats. So I'm sitting like right above the play clock in the South end zone. So I get to see all of the line play. So you can tell what a quarterback is doing, how the pockets responding to him. I'm not sitting there like on a sideline getting a view and like, Oh, it looks like this. No, no. You can tell when a pocket is being held, when a pocket collapses, what, how a quarterback is able to kind of shift if he's getting the protection. He was changing plays at the line, number one. Number two, he was throwing level passes where he had uh, three levels of wide receivers, and he's throwing to the second-level wide receiver, and the pass is on a flipping, just on a rope. And it's like the levels were only about like, 17 yards between the three levels and he's hitting the middle level. That's really hard to do. The other thing is that you see confidence in his footing where he's standing there in the pocket and he's backing up and pressure's coming around, but he's not fearing the pressure. Now, maybe that's because he's faced the Browns and the Bears and two teams that have not been able to put a lot of pressure, but normally with a rookie quarterback, you're going to see some happy feet just kind of expecting pressure one way or the other. He is like Big Ben. He stands in that pocket willing to make the throw. And there was one throw he made last night that was seriously a flick of the wrist throw where he's off of his back feet. And I'm going, and the accuracy and the precision was ridiculous. The type of decisions and plays that he was making, I I mean, I was talking to everyone in my section going, are you kidding me? It's not us making a rookie quarterback look good. This guy is damn good. And he's an FCS, not an FBS quarterback. That's even more impressive. Yeah. When he came up to the line, changing calls, not nonverbal, nonverbal communication calls at the line and and, and, and audibles. Does I don't even think Jay Cutler does that. He's been with us for seven or eight years. Oh, I had an argument. Okay, so I had an argument. In <laughs> he's going in and he's like just doing like elbow taps and like going over there. Like, all right, I've just checked down three audibles and one. Like, Cutler doesn't even do that. No. He's the highest paid player in the league last year. 
No, this is the worst part. I had, I had an argument with a guy next to me who's trying to be a Cutler apologist. Well, Cutler doesn't get protection. This year. I, think I go, you know what? Aaron Rodgers didn't get protection two years ago, but it doesn't mean if you're a great quarterback, you overcome the protection issues. This guy, and you also look at the way that he's able to slip outside, and we saw it last night with Cutler. Here's the differences. You had them both on the same field. Cutler never feels the pressure coming from behind him. You know? Yeah. He'll, he may be sitting confidently in the pocket, but he's just sitting in the pocket. It's like he's not reading and doing anything. He's just waiting to get hit where Wentz is making progressions. This is a rookie who's moving from one side of the field to the other, and they were going no huddle. They were going spread offense, five fucking wide receivers, four wide receivers. He's having to read the entire field. They're not just going, we're going to make it easy reads for you, Carson. And this is a guy who had broken a fracture, a hairline fracture, broken rib, didn't play everything outside of the first game of the preseason. And the first game of the preseason, he played in the fourth fucking quarter. And why he got hurt was because he was playing with stupid fucking undrafted free agent uh, offensive linemen and wide receivers. Yeah. I'm fired up. I love Carson Wentz. This guy is going to be – a top 10 quarterback within two years, a top five quarterback within three to four years, and he will be there parentally as it goes on as long as he stays healthy. You said this is the Battle of Pennsylvania, and the question is whether it will be Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania. Uh, let's I'll, move I'll on tell you to- what. It's Pennsylvania this year. It's Pennsylvania for the next four out of five years. I'll guarantee you that. Because Big Ben's at the end of his, at the end of his run. We're, we're, we're going from east to uh, from west to east in uh, strength of state. We're going from deer hunter to Rocky. All right. All right. We're going to Sunday night football and uh, the Bears. Another primetime matchup. Let's watch Let's watch a franchise absolutely shit the bed under John Fox's watch with millions of people to see it again. Do you know how many texts I get last night ripping on me about the team, my friends? I lived in San Francisco for years. I lived in New York for years. So I've got friends outside of our state, and they all rip on me because our team sucks. And a bunch of them live in Denver now, so they're high and heavy on their friggin' Broncos. It sucks. Come on, Bears. You fucking blow. Hi, I'd say give. I texted one of one of my buddies last night. Give Harbaugh fifteen million a year as a head coach. Do the Phil Jackson thing, and bring. Let's get let's get Harbaugh here. Well, you know this is the problem. The Bears. Uh, John Fox is the only the second uh, head coach in Bears history that had previous head coaching experience before he was hired by the Bears. Um, unfortunately, it seems like they waited until he was past his prime to hire him. Right because. I was going to tell you, the worst part is that John Fox is supposed to bring an identity and an attitude, and I didn't see any of that with this Bears team. Um, no you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you see nothing. You you, you really just don't see any. And now you, look, you, you I think the best thing that happened to them is losing Lamar Houston. That's going to force uh, Leonard Floyd to get more playing opportunities and more chances to actually do something. Um, but the worst part for me is that I look at like a guy, the the ultimate just what the hell are you doing is Kevin white to me. What are you doing with this guy? Are you ever going to, you know, the guy's got, what does he have? Is it, wasn't it, was it a four, two something speed? Yeah. He's he's three speed. Yeah. Four, four, three, five, four, four. But yeah. Why are you not using him on a fly pattern? 
I agree with you, but here's the one thing. And they even said it. Uh, you were at the game, but I they said it on the broadcast last night. Gruden said it. He looks slow. Yeah, because he's confused. He is, there's the game, and I don't think it's slow in that regard. I think it's game speed, pad speed. He does not look fast right now, and I think I'm not worried about him because you know Stag Party pointed out he's he's in the game. He's getting the snaps. He, I think he. If you're in deeper leagues, hold on to him because as the season goes on and it's just garbage shitty, the, the, the whole structure of what's happening offensively in the passing game, it's always going to go through uh, Jeffrey, but he's going to get hurt. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't listening to the to obviously because I was at the game. Yeah. There was one play where he showed speed and he showed what he really has, and he was fast in pads. It was on the end around. Yeah. And – there was a linebacker that was coming at him, and you just saw him, at least from my angle in the south end zone, he just cut the angle away. Now, he only gained nine yards because by the time he got the ball, he's almost at the, you know, a quarter of the way toward, toward the sideline. But he, he showed burst. And my thing is this. With a guy like him, you can't do it with, with Alshon. Alshon doesn't have – now, the, the question is, does, does he have the ability to beat – a? a defender in press coverage off the line. And I don't know that he does because that's what he has to learn to be able to do. Stephon Diggs can get press covered, but he just gives him a little shoulder shake, a little this, a little that, and boom, he's gone. And he gets a little angle, and he can make the catch, and he, go, and he does with it. There was one play where Cutler completely underthrew White. Oh, yeah. Thank and, God. And, and, I would have I lost two leagues if he hadn't. And White was jumping up and down screaming. Is that the one you're talking about? No, I was no, I was talking that one he underthrew. Yeah, I saw that play, but I was talking about the Alshon where he was open by 15 yards. Oh, if he would have thrown it, he caught. That was, that was to my end zone. That was to my end zone. Yeah. If he would have thrown it where he was, it would have been a touchdown. And Cutler's got every, everyone just says he's got this cannon. Got it was a terribly underthrown, like 15 yards underthrown ball. But it, I'm happy about that play as a Bears fan yeah. because I would have lost two leagues if that was a touch. Actually, that was a, a 60 I'm yard because touchdown. I would have fin- I finished number four in my uh, my one buddy's like like uh, a twenty five dollar entry for FanDuel. Yeah. I finished fourth. I had Jeffrey and fucking Jordan Matthews last night. And Jordan Matthews dropped the stupid fucking touchdown, and then Jeffrey didn't get that. T- if either one of those happens, I, I get into the my twenty five becomes either a hundred to two hundred to fucking five dollars, and instead I, I'm a donator in fourth place, one point five points out of third, and a hundred and two dollars. Uh, one one quick question, I, I I have to do it on air. There's it, there sounds to be like there sounds to be like a dialing kind of sound. I don't know if you need to plug in your headphones a little bit more or not move oh, as much. They're, they're and do it. Okay, I'm, I'm just there's some sort of dialing. It's it, it's it's kind of getting worse. So I'm just mentioning that. Let's move on. Sorry, this is why we should probably be. All right, well, having, let's let's close out. Yeah, let's close. Let's out. close out. Um, to, okay, to go to the other side of the bear game, and then we'll I, I can breeze through Atlanta, and uh, and we'll be good. Yeah, let's just move. Let's just move through. Power through these. Been a great show. Uh, actually, to be honest, Houdini, we have such a good time doing the show when we're together and throwing back Valverde's and talking fantasy and high fiving and laughing and all this stuff. It's just not the same. This is probably this is the, probably the one week 
that I will be away and we won't be together during the show. But I miss you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I miss we're you doing too. this, and it's awesome to talk fantasy football with you, regardless of the setting. But uh, when we're together, I mean, God, if we could have a video someday, we'll have video and be like uh, Dan Patrick or something. But me and Houdini are always laughing at each other, flipping each other off, high fiving, uh, just ribbing each other. It's a good time. Um, anyway, Cowboys stardom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Dak. Dak, I feel like he's been great through two games. Uh, better game two than game one. Will be better game three. Dez got his 100 yards. Still touchdownless on the season. I expect him to get a whole lot of action happening. Just in general, stardom. Zeke Elliott, stardom. Last week, obviously, did, he, he messed up. And then uh, the coaching staff, as they should have, and I promise you it was felt by ee they gave the touchdown to morris you got elliot ego on the sideline being like all right don't fuck up anymore um just start him across the board it's uh the bears defense the bears defense is struggling they're they're a team without an identity right now you go from a national disaster to another national broadcast um Dallas has got everything going in their right favor. Uh, I, I, I like everything that, they, that is going on in Dallas. I hate everything that's going on in Chicago as far as from a team aspect. And, you know, you can say, well, for the Bears, it's good because they're on the road. You know what? It's good for Dallas because they're at home with the young team and everything that they have. I, I They have too much positiveness going for them. The Bears have no positivity. I roll Dallas this week. Cool. Before we get to this last game, we don't usually do this. Let's get one. We'll get one last pay of the bill situation. Give us a second. All right. Well, welcome back. And before we get into the last game, the Monday night game. Um, wow. This is actually a great game. Falcons at, uh, at Saints. A lot of telling. Telling action could happen out of those two for fantasy to move forward. I'll give one last pyro promo. I'm going to give a shout out to Itchy. Our new contributor, he's going to be, uh, he's helping us out with off the top of our heads, and he's also going to be kind of owning and, and, and spearheading along with um, our boy PK Ripper and Stiff Kitties. He's going to be really rocking out on our news feeds. And Itchy is from Florida. He's one of our newest contributors, so he's an old-time listener. I talked to him on the phone a number of times over the past couple weeks, and it was awesome. He's like, oh, it's great to talk to you on the phone. I listen to you so much on the podcast over the years. I like to be talking to you. It's so different. And it's awesome when that happens. And then I'm like, so what do you – so what, what? when when can we make stuff happen? And how? what's gonna, your bandwidth going to be like? He's like, well, I'm a nuclear pharmacist. <laughs> you know what that <laughs> makes me say? Hey, Stiff. Well, I told him after that, I'm like, well, I love, I'm really happy you're contributing. I love everything you're going to be bringing to the table for us, but I don't ever want to meet you face to face. I do not want to, I don't want to be anywhere near you and your nuclear glowing self. So itchy, I kid, I joke. But we appreciate everything. Excited for you to uh, ramp it up and really bring, uh, bring, take our news feeds to the next level this season. Uh, appreciate it. We'll probably have him on a, on a, on a podcast uh, as a guest uh, sometime this season. I know he's going to be uh, doing um, some uh, doing a pyro light with Mo. If you guys haven't checked that out and you've just been listening to the, the heavy, 
Check out Pyromaniac Mo's Pyro Podcast Light. He records it on Friday nights, and it gives. We do this on Tuesday. It usually comes out Wednesday morning or late Tuesday night. What we have, we want to give shelf life when we get an early jump on it, so you guys can as well. What uh, Houdini's or not Houdini? What Mo's show does is gives you the full week and all the information, and then Mo's actually doing a Saturday video for injury updates on Saturday so that anybody that didn't practice on Friday or any of that updated situation, you will know. So check those out. Houdini, Monday Night Football, Falcons, get there. All right, how about how about Matt Ryan? Uh, <laughs> here is everybody that was, that was shitting on Matt Ryan. What has Matt Ryan done? Well, he's thrown for 334 yards in week one, 396 yards in week two. He has five touchdowns and one interception. Holla! <laughs> Talk about falling out of grace and becoming a, an amazing value who's, who's doing it on a weekly basis. And he's doing it with no wide receivers, but he's doing it with wide receiver help from the running back position. So let's understand that first and foremost. So Julio Jones is your dominant factor still at the wide receiver position. Um, uh, I'm not going to expect anything from Tyler Gabriel or Muhammad Sanu or Justin Hardy that is going to be worth anything. Um, and I think any of you who are jumping on Muhammad Sanu because of, you know, oh, well, but look, he had a strong week one with five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, three for 19 the next week. That's more typical what you're going to get from Muhammad Sanu. He's going to give you one week, and he's going to give you about four weeks of garbage. Julio Jones has got his shit together. Now, here's the big, the biggest takeaway that you have to have. Matt Ryan is a must-play right now, and the best part about it is that you have their two running backs, right? Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. They are both getting a timeshare right now. So when you look at the uh, uh, situation from last week, so we're spreading the ball around, 17 carries for Freeman, 12 for Coleman. Coleman gets the touchdown. Coleman is the only one that gets targets of the two as a receiver, two targets, but 25 yards. So while Freeman was more effective, everyone that was like, Loved Devonta Freeman last year for everything he was doing because Coleman was hurt. It became the Freeman show, and he had the, the, the sick run of four games to start out, and then all of a sudden, second half of the season, he was pedestrian. Now you're seeing it. So everybody that drafted Devonta Freeman is freaking out. Everyone that drafted Tevin Coleman 12 rounds later is loving life right now. And I'm one of those Tevin Coleman owners. So I missed, as you said, I, I, everyone in our uh, pyro has Charles Sims. I don't. But I got Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I was able to, in the blog talk radio league that we're in, um, I was able to pick up Tevin Coleman last week. I, was, I felt a little lucky um, to get him, and we inserted him in and got that touchdown. And, yeah, we'll see. That'll, that, that, that's exciting. I, don't, uh, I got one last point to make is here. Julio, is Julio oh, – wow. I just looked out my window here at the lake. Yeah. I got a har- I got a harvest moon, man. It's nice. not full, but it's not it's not all the way full. But damn, that thing is ginormous. That's that is awesome. dope. Oh, Shout look. out Neil Young. Take, Listen to it. Take harvest a picture moon. and make that our uh, our cover for this podcast. Not a bad idea. Yeah, do it. Do it now. Do it now while I talk. Because the okay. other, the other thing that's going on here with, with Atlanta is 
Those are your must players. Matt Ryan's a must play right now, especially against New Orleans in this defense. Hello, this is going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Both defenses suck ass, so you're definitely going to start Freeman. Coleman is a super sneaky play as a flex play this week. Um, Julio Jones is a must play. I will not recommend any of the other wide receivers, but now here becomes the situation, and this is why Matt Ryan is starting to become more successful, because you have strength up the middle. And part of the strength up the middle comes from Jacob Tammy, but it's also from Austin Hooper. And Austin Hooper is the rookie. And now this is where it becomes interesting. Tammy got eight targets last week, five catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Hooper, he was only targeted three times, but he caught all three of them for 84 yards. Hooper is a tight end that's going to be able to stretch this defense. This is Tammy is a guy that's going to be out there from the blocking situations. And, and I, I, I'm going to tell you what, based on the fact that Atlanta has no wide receivers outside of Julio Jones, no one that scares you in the least, I expect them to start coming out in the second half of the year playing toward the talents that they have. Who are the guys that are catching the ball? Tammy's catching the ball. Hooper's catching the ball. Julio's catching the ball. Let's go two tight end sets. And also, it's Devonta and Tevin catching the ball. So, two tight end sets. Let's go running sets. Let's put both those guys. I'd actually even wouldn't be surprised if we see it by some point in time at the end of the year. Tevin on one side of Matt Ryan and Devonta Freeman on the other in a shotgun with two tight ends. And then you have all your real playmakers on the field. Now, Atlanta's going to need to figure this out. Do I believe that they're going to be able to do it in an effective way? No, but I'm going to tell you this. Austin Hooper, if you're a dynasty type guy, tight ends, rookie tight ends normally don't do anything, uh, but he has the best opportunity of anybody just because of the dearth of a talent at the position of skill position for uh, Atlanta outside of Julio Jones and those two running backs. And the fact that they have to score points because their defense is so bad. Hooper is going to be an interesting play for you. And I'd say, Get him in your lineup this week for DFS as a low-cost dart throw. I'm already going to call it out there. He's my low-cost dart throw. I'm playing Hooper for that one. I love it. I think that's a, that's a super, super dope move. Yeah, he looks uh, – I don't know. I don't know what to say about how he looks, but – He's got big playability. He, yeah. yeah. I like the targets that Tammy's getting, but, yeah, you're, you're right. And it, question – is Julio Jones? He didn't. He didn't play the last couple of series of that game again. Why did I lost. he need to? They, they, they look. He he was dinged up earlier in the year. Why are you going to play him when you're up? What was it? Thirty to seven at the time. You didn't need to. You were. You, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. This is against Oakland in a tough game. They ended up winning. Yeah, but. they ended up winning. Um, I, yeah. I, I I don't know. I no 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 no. You're not putting me on the spot, but I do believe that they're holding him back. I, I he's not a hundred percent. He's not a hundred percent Julio. <laughs> he's not the Julio boobs that lost us a lot of listeners or, or followers on Facebook. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. I was talking to Stags about that yesterday when we were talking about <laughs> you that mentioned purge it earlier of, in the podcast about losing things. I was like, just like the I love Julio boobs shirt that we had up on there one time. That one lost literally like three thousand fake Twitter followers. One time we went to this guy. <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. I posted. I was like, either this guy hates big boobs. It, it's a woman who just thought that was the most sexist thing they ever heard, and she owns three thousand Twitter accounts fakely, uh, or 
something of that nature. But yeah, I was talking to Stags about that yesterday when we saw like we saw like 13 people just all of a sudden within an hour jump off. I was like, I said to him, like, I didn't post anything political. <laughs> I, I, I've been good. I literally said, I'm like, I've been a good boy. What do you think it is? He's like, I bet you, I bet you, uh, Twitter's just doing a little bit of a purge. I'm like. I'm like, it's either the Ben McAdoo uh, as a CDW sales uh, representative <laughs> or <laughs> I try to be me, but on Twitter just because I'm crazy. So wait, and it, can I tell there, you? There's a reason why we don't have you on Twitter because you some of these late night, <laughs> late night scotch nights, you'd be like, fuck off. You'd be trolling oh, people. I'd, I'd be bad. I'd be bad. Let yeah. me tell you what. One of the best things I saw today, I went to my pot belly to get uh, my, my lunch today. And on the wall in the bathroom, it said Trump 2016 666. <laughs> nice. So I had to get political for you there for a second. I thought, with like a, a gang writing above it. Trump I'm, 2001, I might post that on Facebook. I'm posting it on my Facebook. I'll, I'll try to go back tomorrow and get a picture of it for you. I'll do it. That's that's awesome. No reason not to get another racker Italian. Um, all right, let's move over to um, the Saints side of the ball. Obviously, starting off hot, Brandon Cooks slowed down a little bit, but still had seven catches, uh, sixty-eight yards. Well, he can't have a ninety-eight yard touchdown yeah, every week. That's for sure. But I mean, he's uh, he's legit. He's another TPW guy that's top uh, ten or top twelve both the first two weeks. And when you got Fleeny, Fleenus, Flanus, whatever he's doing, uh, looking as lost as he is, that's going to be uh, help him out. Our janitor boy is fucking looking sweet. Damn, I definitely sat Sneed uh, this week and uh, bummed out I did so. Um, he's, he's, he's legit. So obviously nothing's going to happen with Coleman. Uh, Brandon Coleman's not the answer. It's a Sneed, Brandon Cooks. Feel comfortable starting those guys every week. Hopefully, Fleener can turn it around. Trub City with Ingram. Well, let me just not... can, I, can I ask you about the, yeah. the Fleener thing? Because I'm a guy who's bought into Fleener, and I've yeah. been so disappointed. And the, the one thing that has me encouraged, at least, is that he's still getting targets. Yep. He got eight targets last week, but two catches. Like, this guy, like, this is Drew Brees, for fuck's sake. Like, what are you doing wrong, dude? It's on him. There was one play that I saw where he turned the wrong way, turned short, and breezed through it. And I was like, "You." I saw Breeze's face. I was like, God, if this guy, if I had a consistency with this guy, if I had a rapport, that was going to be a, a good play for us. So it's it's on him. I think he'll, he'll figure it out. But, you know, you got the trolls and the naysayers pointing out that the only reason why he was such a high pick and on and on Indianapolis and did well with the Colts is because he's friggin' Andrew Locke's best friend. Let's hope that's not the case. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, so the, the, from, from your standpoint, I want to go from a guy who's not a Fleener backer, which is what I am. But I, I am. I've got Fleener. Okay. In, I've got Fleener in two. Maybe three of my five leagues. So I got him. I got him. But in, in those leagues, in those leagues, I, I when I got Fleener, I always took Eifert. Okay. So. Well, I have I, I have him in three leagues out of my four. Uh, one I have Eifert. Um, one I ugh, God, I'm trying to think of who else I have with him. I don't know. There's one. There's two where I'm basically kind of like set out on an island with him. So my 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 one with Eifert, I'm not concerned about. Oh, I have Clive Walford and one of the other ones. No, it's only two. I think it's only two. 
I like what you saw. Walt Walford. No, no. Big so I'm, I'm going to start Walford this week over him. And I have to start him in my other league until Eifert comes back. But my question is for the people who don't own Fleener right now, but maybe are sitting there mired in, those, mired in those horrible tight end situations that are not, you know, you know the guys at the top, not in the Greg Olson. You know, even, you know. You're Here's sick. what I'll tell you. Can you, buy, can you buy a low on him, and he, will he benefit benefit you? I, I was talking. I sound like the guy from. Uh, I sound like John Malkovich from uh, <laughs> Rounders. Benefit you. Go ahead. <laughs> I, was, I was doing. I was doing my. I tried to do a Russian accent. I love it. That was great. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if Jesse James is available, think about it. If Walford's available, think about do it. it. Yeah, do it. I think either of those guys are, are doers. To, if you've got a bench and you got some space, but the guy that I'm really high on after uh, the the game on Sunday night, I'm is Kyle Rudolph. If he's available with the Bradford action, yeah, he had a TD. Brad, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph's getting the targets. He's another guy. Top positional weeks. A piece that I loaded up to Pyromaniac.com today. He's a top ten, top twelve tight end the first two weeks. Kyle Rudolph, now, man, this now, is a guy on. where let me, let me jump it in. changes all big with with Sam being there. Now he could finally live up to the potential well, no, no, no. that I we w- thought he had three or four years. I ago. want to jump in here because it's not only about that. You, you you have to add into that the fact that now Adrian Peterson's gone. Yeah. Okay. Now they're going to have to throw the ball more. They cannot rely on this running game at all. So now, and, and again, when we went through the Minnesota Vikings, who do you trust in that wide receiving core besides Stephon Diggs? Yeah, no one. And no here's one. a question I got. Here's a question I got quickly, and then we'll get back to this game. Is when you got a um, when you got Charles Johnson, who's the number wide receiver two, starting over a first round pick in La, uh, Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell. Yeah. And he's looking this marginal, can't get any breaks, can't get open, isn't doing anything for the team, kind of in the same exact way that Michael Thomas is playing more than Brandon Coleman because they're the same player, yep. Charles Johnson yep. and Brandon Coleman. Why? One, and say, maybe, and by the way, maybe, say, maybe on, Treadwell start thinking about it. He's going to start getting opportunities. Charles Johnson, you got to get your rookie some game. So Treadwell, if Charles Johnson was getting some catches or looking like he could do anything – It'd be a different story, but again, we're kind of going back to no, the Vikings, me, okay, which is so fine. Let me, let me let me jump on to do with this. Yeah, you need to understand this. The problem is that Laquan Treadwell, for everything that he had going for him, never showed anything in the preseason. He didn't show anything in OTAs. He's not showing anything in practice. That's why Charles Johnson's still out there, and Charles Johnson sucks. You know what? Yeah. This is one of those ones that that we can all look back on and go like, you know what? We were enamored with him like everybody else was. And everyone else can deny that they weren't enamored with him two years ago. They were. Everybody was on Charles Johnson. Like, this was going to be the guy. And then all of a sudden, here came Stephon Diggs. And it was like, sorry, Charles Johnson. You, you know, you did it two years ago, but last year you sucked. And Diggs took it over. And now we can see Diggs is the real deal. Um, Treadwell is another one of those. He's a Charles Johnson-esque. He's one of these guys that just, it's like Kevin White, right? You you had all the potential in the pop, but you're not giving it when you need it on game day. This exactly. is a guy that, that while he had all this hype going into the season, there's been too much turmoil. Uh, 
you know, you would think that this gives him an opportunity now with Adrian Peterson going down that now they're going to have to focus more on the passing game. So he should get more involved in the offense going forward. So Treadwell is a guy that I would definitely keep on your watch list if you're out there on the waiver wire because he should be out there and he should be dropped by every team that's had him uh, uh, through the first two weeks. So, But look for him not to really to make an impact until about week six, seven, eight, nine. That's where he's going to make the impact. But if you have a very deep bench and you're sitting there and you're playing the projections game, the foreshadowing game, Grab a Treadwell now because with Sam Bradford at the helm, with the fact that they don't have a running game, they're going to have to lean on the, on the receiving game. Diggs is going to get all the attention. Uh, Rudolph will get the second attention. Treadwell could make some major hay in the second half of the season. Cool. Well, let me just do some quick uh, stuff on the end of this. Drew Brees passed Dan Marino third all-time in passing yardage for a quarterback. That's pretty amazing. It looks to me like he'll 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 probably have them all all the passing records by the the time he re- hangs it up. Uh, that's pretty sweet. There's only three teams in the NFC that are zero and three, and that is uh, the Saints are one of them. Our Bears are one of them, and Washington Redskins. That's not uh, feeling very good for the Saints right now, but I think they'll pull it together. I think it all starts with the running game. They got to get Ingram going. They got to figure out a way to get the running situation happening. Uh, if they don't have an offset to that passing game, and obviously Fleener's got to pull his head out of his uh, Neanderthal-looking ass, but if they don't, if they don't, if they aren't able to figure out run game, which they were last year, then they've got no chance and. It could be uh, a whole, a whole lot of uh, garbage happening. I'm not saying Peyton gets fired, you know, and and, and Breeze is going to be there for a while. But it could be a lost season. Doesn't mean it's not for fantasy owners of Saints players isn't okay, but it's not looking pretty for them. But Cooks owners psyched, uh, Snead owners got him much later. Super psyched. Let's see what can take place. Uh, with these Saints moving forward, the Falcons uh, as a defense for fantasy football this year are the second worst for quarterback. So that sounds like a pretty good time for uh, Mr. Drew Brees. They are uh, fourth worst at 23 points per game for running back. And at tight end, they're 31st. So the Falcons are terrible against fantasy football players. I think that sounds like just the type of jump start that the Saints need. I'm sick of talking about fantasy football. So let's, let's let I'm you close this thing out. Sweat we'll close down this thing out so you can get back to air conditioning, taking care of Jason. Well, it's not air conditioning. It's more of fans. I, I'm at the lake. I don't. I don't put the air conditioning up here. It's more so I can walk my dog. I have a feeling she took a pee on a carpet. That's all right. Um, it's my bad for doing these three-hour podcasts. But it's more of opening up windows. High five! High, high, high five to you, party. I love we you, my brother. Uh, expert uh, website now for their for their advice. We got a show on Sunday. Stag Party, congratulations. Awesome work, buddy. Love it. Love it. All right, Houdini, high fives to you out there in Chicago. I'm driving back to Chicago tomorrow, then heading out for the only vacation that I've got all season. Going to Charleston for the first time in my life to an Irish wedding. Should be much better. I've been there. I've been to both. Charleston, Charleston, uh, South South Carolina. Carolina is 100 and. 
30,000% better than Charleston, West Virginia. It's going to be awesome. It's my one trip of the NFL season. Um, we got this podcast out. I will be back Sunday, maybe Monday of next week. So to next Tuesday, we'll be recording this podcast, Pyro Podcast, episode 243 next week, uh, heading into week four with oh, Stag Party. He will. He will. Hopefully he doesn't walk in with oh. a big head because if he does, we're going to – if he does, we're going to leg sweep him. We're going to show him, him, show him what it's like to be uh, Danielson walking into Cobra Kai's. Yeah, we'll, we'll put... We'll put Stag Party into a body bag it, if he gets it, a big head. Uh, anyway, I'm kidding. So proud of that guy. Um, love it. Uh, Houdini, your wife just got back from a, a girl's vacation, a girl's trip uh, tonight, and you had went right into podcast. So let's let's Push not it, have that marriage end early. Go give uh, <laughs> a little love into your lady. Love you, buddy. All right, Pyros. Thank you for joining us on this journey. This is episode or show 242. This is week two. We're fire starting you. We're going to get this shit started. Let's go. We just gave you a degree in week three. Let's do it. We're out. We love you. Outski. Boom. Peace.